welcome to the seventh episode of You Never Forget Your First. I'm your host, Dom. I'm joined by Benas. Yep, yeah, yeah. How you doing? Yeah. Joined by Louis. Hello. <laughs> As I looked at Sparrow. <laughs> and I'm joined by Sparrow. Morning. So uh, Louis back on this episode. Hello, you skip, guys. You skipped out um, Fruitvale Station. Did it's I pass? Not- did I pass my um, my probation? He uh, skived. Yeah, in. yeah, no, he's he got. Didn't. He's got. Yeah, we, yeah, he was awaiting the response. Oh, okay, and I, and I can confirm he's been allowed <laughs> to come back on. Back cold. and bad. <laughs> what has um? What's everyone been watching recently? Three words: Line of Duty. Sorry, I know it's not a film. Are you? That's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been. I, I so I took a. Uh, obviously, the reason I couldn't make it to the last episode was um, I uh, I was cycling, so I was away for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And um, on your uh, line of duty. Yeah, it was basically a line of duty holiday. So, nice. <laughs> so I got away so I could watch Line yeah. of Duty. <laughs> I pretended I was away watching, like seeing things. I wasn't. I was just watching Line of Duty. Um, Worth it. Pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, I mean, people have been following it for what, like five, six years. I was going to say, is it, it's not the first season, is it? I don't know it's been on like, for that long. It's maybe not five years, but it's, but it's, so it's season five. So. Season five. The hype seems so much bigger this time than before. I, I'd never really heard such yeah. a big hype in yeah. previous years. It's one of those things that's built. You know. Stephen Graham been part of it all the time? No, no, he was in season... He was just in season five, this most recent one. Uh, that might be due to f- yeah. wide the hype because he's he's a phenomenal actor. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, feel, I feel terrible. The only thing that I've watched actually is, is Infinity War. Oh. Which is a Marvel movie. Oh. It's the movie before Endgame. Just, oh, you, re- you rewatched I it? I rewatched it, yeah. And Fair it, enough, it's, yeah. it's great. I'm, I almost think I may be... It's a better movie than Endgame, but I think mm. I prefer Endgame, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. See, like, I, I prefer Infinity, Infinity War. War. But it's both, a great movie. Good, so. Yeah. I think it's a better movie because it just ends on such a dark note. <laughs> yeah, it's unusual. Yeah. But then I suppose then Endgame's unusual because it starts on a dark note for like an hour <laughs> before anyone actually gets true, into it. True, true. Uh, yeah, but... In Endgame, you know that they're building towards the whole yeah, plot. To, you know, the Endgame. <laughs> to the Endgame, yeah. Oh, I just, is that why they... <laughs> I just feel a bit... I, I've watched, not. like, with both films combi- combined in the last three weeks, it's like six hours worth of watching. They're basically both three hours long, mm-hmm. which is a big is, undertaking. Is Infinity War three hours? Yeah, almost. It's like 2.50, I think. So I've oh. never really been into that whole universe. No, it's 2.25, my bad. But they have this... They, I saw this amazing kind of uh, graphic that... I don't know who did it. It must have just been going around. And it shows you the order in which to watch all of oh, the yeah, films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you yeah. seen that? Yeah, yeah. And I That's feel cool. like because I've never really been into it, so I haven't really seen any of them, I should start from the beginning, but You're chronologically rather than from like the order yeah. that they were made. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sit down it's, and binge. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> you, you sort of it's, go, you start from like Captain binge. America, like in the 40s or something, yeah, right? And yeah, then yeah, it yeah. kind of goes all the way up to wow. it. Great ending, that film. Just mm. such oh, a good yeah. ending. I mean, yeah, that's a that's period piece, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's Marvel's period uh, yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not the Marvel podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. We're the intermission podcast. Yeah, I saw a film called, um, <laughs> saw a film on Netflix called Mitt, about Mitt Romney. Oh. So it was actually, yeah, it was pretty interesting. So basically it just charts his, like, um, his campaign. Um, firstly, he actually ran to, see, so Obama got in twice. He ran against Obama the second time. So it mainly follows that. But also he tried to run uh, the four years before and kind of doesn't get the leadership for the Republicans. So it's one of those like well, nights- it charters that. Well, it's, so he starts with that and he, so he kind of tries to become the Republican leader and, mm. and fails. Right. Um, and then four, it kind of jumps to four years later when he runs against Obama and obviously loses. Oh, right. Um, but yeah, it was, I kind of stumbled across it on Netflix. So it's a documentary? 
I mean, it is a movie, but yeah, it's like a documentary movie behind the right. scenes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You sort of wonder whether that's him gearing up for another another bit at some point because he's been pretty critical of of Donald Trump, hasn't he? And sort of trying to kind of you know, I mean, lead the lead the anti-Trump Republican movement. To be honest, the reason the reason I watched it is because obviously I knew he ran against Obama, but I don't really know. I know a bit more now, but I didn't mm. really know anything about him, so that was. I was kind of curious to just yeah. see a bit more about the guy. Well, Netflix is like legit becoming a bit of a sort of political tool in the States. You know, like mm. they had that bring down the house thing. Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah, fine yeah. enough. That's what I, that's what I was initially going to watch. And then this mid thing came up. Right. So I was like, I'll try that first. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I guess if you've got that platform on which to speak to all the voters, I mean, why not yeah. make something that's going to engage people? I wonder how many subscribers they have worldwide. Why? You, oh. Just like how many people pay for a Netflix subscription and then times yeah. it by the 12 people that, that, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that share it. That share it, yeah. I remember I heard a, a stat once that, that sounded bizarre, but it basically said that about a quarter, any given time on average, about a quarter of the bandwidth in the USA is Netflix. Not, not visits, obviously, but That's just yeah, bandwidth. Do you know what? I Just this morning, I heard a very similar fact, which was when you stream a film from a streaming service like Netflix or Amazon Prime, it's like the equivalent of boiling the kettle 25 times oh, that's really depressing <laughs> because there's it's i think it's on their end with their servers that's a lot so it's energy. just like the energy the electricity that it takes to 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 pull it Jet oh flicks. right right yeah right. i was like what the fuck kettles Movies. yeah well no it's like it's just equivalent the amount of electricity you can make like yeah 25 cups of tea <laughs> or you can watch a two-hour film your choice listeners <laughs> no. oh, i'll tell you what else i watched actually for the first time because of this podcast uh reservoir dogs I'd never seen it before. Wow. Um, but having listened to the podcast, I sort of paused it and was like, no, I need to actually watch the film. You've never seen Ros- Well, now no, you have. I have I I've only seen it twice. And when I rewatched it recently because of the pod, I hadn't I hadn't seen it. I'd basically forgotten it. Mm. What did you make but of it? Loved it. Thought it's it was good, isn't really it? Great, really, yeah. really good. And, it's and, like a theatre play, isn't it, almost? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. all basically in one location. It could be a play. Exactly. It could be a play. It's, it's, a play. And it's, and it's, very, it's one of those, you know, that works with what it's got, obviously not yeah, a huge yeah, budget. Yeah. And just, yeah, mm. really that was a great film. It's a timeless film. Yeah. And Quentin Tarantino, I, like, good acting in that first scene. I've never, I don't think yeah. I've seen him act that way. I think it's his best acting, isn't it? Yeah, derailed afterwards. In terms of acting, not yeah. directing. He <laughs> <laughs> really went downhill from there. Yeah, he just became that... <laughs> Obscure. He just became that small indie filmmaker that no one actually watches. Yeah, Quentin fuck. who? <laughs> no, that, Quentin who and Tino? <laughs> yeah. It's really a great good. movie. We'll definitely be covering it yeah. at, a later, at a later stage. You guys, what, any, anyone watch Chernobyl? I've, we've been trying. I, I yeah, knew, yeah, I've, yeah. I've been saving it to watch it because it's an hour long and I don't want to watch like half of it on a commute and yeah, half yeah, yeah, I want to like yeah, yeah. sit down course, and do course. it but I don't I've, know if you guys I've, know this I've seen a bit yeah so, um, it's basically a, a Sky TV series that's recreated the last couple of days of well the, the days after Chernobyl yeah the immediate, the immediate after effect it's really good I've seen um, seen the first two I, episodes. Yeah, I've been waiting for it for ages. It's got it quite a good um good cast. Good cast. Stellan Skarsgård Jared Harris is in as well and it's filmed very well uh, yeah. it's a HBO this fucking show. production so, and Sky so of yeah, course yeah. it's going to be and we've been to the cinema I feel like we've been talking about a lot of t- <laughs> TV or, yeah. or the fact that we're all making 25 cups of tea streaming stuff has anyone seen anything at the cinema I've actually haven't I've not had the <laughs> fucking time <laughs> yeah what's it I, I mean, might what's... have to cut this bit out <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't know if it's worth a shout out to say that from a previous uh, episode of this podcast we went back and watched Thunder oh, shit, Road yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, we did watch Thunder at Road at the cinema that reminds me, actually, although this will be a little bit of an Inception thing because we <laughs> released Thunder Road, which is the fourth episode, when we're recording this, which is the seventh episode, which means that we only just got 
Jim Cummings intro. So shout out to JC for doing that was basically where I was going with that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm as confused as I was when watching Inception. <laughs> but there's different levels of JC and... <laughs> no, we, we got shit. Shout out for JC for introing his episode. Technically the first director on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was on it for five seconds and he spoke to us, not with us, but still. Present yeah. company excluded, obviously. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just quickly, uh, shout out to a film, Hyena 2014, by Ger- Gerard Johnson. And um, for those people that like Line of Duty, it's very... I, I haven't seen Line of Duty, so it's weird recommending to that the, that kind of crowd. Recommending but, to something you haven't seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but Hyena, it, it's, uh, it's, it's very good. This. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the film that JC was talking about? The uh, Krishna. Krishna. By or- Trent... Edward Schultz that was filmed in the back garden of, of his, his parents house yeah. yeah well not back the whole house I guess oh, <laughs> they, they used the house yeah um, he, he, he acts in it JC said that was inspiring for yeah for Thunder Road mm. uh, the director acts in it and it's an I think it was acquired by A24 which is no surprise I suppose given what the film is yeah and um, he later went on to make It Comes at Night with um, yeah what the fuck I forgot the guy's name the, <laughs> the guy who comes at night. Yeah. Oh, jo- Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which was a good film as well. Never recommend, I suppose. Mm. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, lots of TV. Lots of TV. Yeah. Which but is quite that's quite fitting. Uh, since you know, obviously this this that uh, is fitting this episode. for this episode because this. Holy shit! Yeah, I forgot what this was. Yeah. Well, actually, before we get into Jewel, I thought we might continue playing "Quote It Then Gloat It." Okay. Play it. Which are which is yeah, okay. our um for any listeners that didn't listen to Fruitvale Station. Uh, it is our game where we've all gone away and found a quote from a movie poster, which we then tell the other podders. I still don't have a, a word of like first filmers, but that just doesn't sound podcasters. really cool. Um, podcasters, podcasters, podders. Um, Dom, tell the, the, Dom the gang. The boy. Dom, Dom and the team. Tool bagels. <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, we yeah, then basically say the quote to everyone else and they have to guess what film it's from. Yeah, sounds good. So who wants to go first? Right, I've I'll got go I've got a really obvious one, so I won't I won't go first. Okay. Okay. Well, I've I've included a bit of a nugget clue in a couple of m- by m- choosing quite, yeah a couple of uh, <laughs> it's a McChicken sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so, all, right. all right. So the the quote is: "This is Benjamin. He's a little worried about his future." The graduate. Very oh. good. Oh. I feel like we had oh this. My God. Well, maybe I read it somewhere. Guys, a pro. No, we've only played this game once. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Wow. Hey, I thought I was going to hey. have to sing the song. Was that we should? <laughs> I should go back and time the amount of time it took for you to get that and for me to get Office Space and oh, see yeah. it like a, lead, <laughs> like like a leaderboard. Yeah. Of you're going to go back and edit that. So yeah. left side. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man, but the pause was really long. I said long. it before he even read out the quote. I said it four days ago. Very good. Okay, Very good. I'll, I'll, I'll okay, go next. Yeah, I'll go. We'll get all the obvious ones out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So first one to get this. Um, on the poster it says, it was the last day of school in 1976, a time they will never forget, and then in brackets, if only they could remember. Hmm. Oh, fuck. <sighs> only they it was remember. the last day of school in 1976. The breakfast? A no. time they will never forget. It's close. If only they could remember. Is it a John Hughes film? That's quite a big clue, and no, it's not. Oh, it's actually gonna. It's like you are this gonna is, kick yourself when oh, when, when, no, when you I hear want to get this. Seventy six. <laughs> yeah. Seventy six. It's actually really funny watching Spyro of, of everyone try and figure it out. So it's the last. 
It's definitely uh, not. It's last day of 76. Take away the two. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it 74. <laughs> no, not any closer. Only to, I could not remember. Any closer. <laughs> I probably haven't even seen this. Do you guys want to? Do you want a? Um, do you want a? Yeah. Yeah. Teaser. Whatever you have. Um, ben Affleck's in it. Days are confused. Yeah. This guy. Nice. I, I can see why you were looking at Sparrow the whole time. Yeah, because because uh, <laughs> two uh, for two. That is pretty good. Days and Confused. Going for the hat yeah. trick. Richard Linklater movie, yeah. 1976. Who directed The Graduate? I forget his name. I think that is actually a directorial debut. It might be. It, 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 it was one. Of, it was Dustin, Dustin Hoffman's first big role. I yeah. Think. Yeah. All right, we'll graduate next pod and figure that out. Um, <laughs> so there's been a graduating theme, I think. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> the graduating pod. Last day of school. <laughs> That's true. What, what do you guys got? Um, okay. Who wants to go? I'll go next. Um, We're going anti-clockwise. Or yeah, clockwise, depending on which side of the table that you're sitting on. Depend- That's not important. You do your quote. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so it's uh, Where Were You in 62? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good luck guessing this one, guys. Where yeah. were you in '62? Um, is it a Vietnam movie? Is it a war movie? I see Ooh. why you say that, but it isn't. No. Yeah. Is it like a? Is it like a horror? Sorry. Um, no, no, it's not. Glugging. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I was in '62. Not a horror. Okay. Is it sci-fi? No, 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 no. It's a coming of age, I would say. It's interesting mm. because it may not mm. have been made around that time. No, yeah. Oh no, it wasn't. Okay, I, I that's a good clue. I don't think it was. Yeah, that's a good clue. And if I, if I, I'm not going to give away the director, so I because that will give it away big time. Yeah. Okay. I can give like one clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it away. Yeah. Because it's really go. interesting. People listening to the silence of us figuring <laughs> yeah, it out. Yeah. Uh, Every so it Ron out. Howard. Ron Howard's in it. Grand Theft Auto. What the fuck? Is that it? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> the fuck is Grand Theft Auto? This is it's I'm it, one the of his. It's a I'm video thinking. game. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. It, that, it, it's an original film. Oh right. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, no, um, it isn't. It's a Ron Howard movie. That's all. Ron Howard. <gasps> I know what it is. Mm-hmm. American Graffiti. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Nice. And if, Damn. I, if I say George oh. Lucas, he'll be like Star Hang on, Wars. That, that means no. American Graffiti. Yeah, so that was George Lucas's directorial debut. Yeah, nice. Yeah. We're just setting the yeah. scene here. Yeah. Oh yeah, I feel like <laughs> all right. we've all strangely gone. <laughs> yeah. Although, actually, Days and Confused is not, not. Linklater's. Come on, like, no, it's, plow, it's Plow, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this one I can't give you the full quote because if I gave you the full one, it would give it away. I will just say, if I get this, we will be drawn, and you can't get Ooh. your own one. Oh yeah. So you're done. <laughs> you're done, son. <laughs> okay, so the world will ne- the world will never be the same once you've seen it through the eyes of something something. And that's the name of the film. Dark side. Yep. Um what um, the f- reason what? Through the eyes of it's the Saving Legally Private Blonde. Ryan. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Both it's the well, so can, it's, can it's you say it again? The world will never be the same once you've seen it through the eyes of something something. Snake eyes? So it's the um it's the Is it a war the movie? film the film is called the um the main well, character well, in the film, yeah. his name is the title. Solid Snake. Mm. Um, Jesus, Indiana Jones? <laughs> Good guess, but... Um, um, okay, okay what, uh, what, just going to go for... It. Phil Collins? <laughs> that, that's a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good guess. Um, what's the genre? Yeah, that's a good guess. That, is that a big giveaway? I see, I, it's kind of hard to define. Um, okay. Okay. Don't okay. feel good? Uh, I can give a, give a clue. It's quite a broad film. Tom Hanks? Forrest Gump. Is, is it term... Oh... Uh, Nice. Wow. Wait, so hang on. I'm That's... surprised that doesn't really like speak to them film at all, does it? Yeah. Yeah, weird. But it's yeah, cool. 
So yeah. what's, what's the whole thing again? Sorry, I've asked you like four times. Yeah, the world will Forrest never Gump. be the same once you've seen it through the eyes of Forrest Gump. Right? Nice. That does not make me want to see it. Have you not seen it? No, no, I have, but that tagline does not <laughs> I mean, make me want to see it. Technically, the world is not the same once you've seen it through the eyes of Forrest yeah, Gump. Yeah, but it's not the same if you've seen... You say in the cold line? I the priority is... The um, important thing is, though, is that someone won the game. Thank you very oh, yeah. much, guys. I've, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's whoever gets the last one, right? That's the... Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's the prize? Prize is... Being on a podcast. The, <laughs> the prize is you get to keep your seat on the next episode. <laughs> oh, that's a hard seat. <laughs> oh. Good stuff. Hot and flustered right. from playing well, that. Oof, yeah. Yeah, that Let's was good. Take a break. That was a mental Graduate, sweat. Dazed and Confused. American Graffiti. American Graffiti, Forrest Gump. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Life is like a box of chocolates. So, um, no, this no. week's uh, film is by little indie director called Steven Spielberg. Oh, is that uh, how you pronounce it? Oh. I thought it was, I thought it was just, Yeah. Odd. Huh. Are you being you, serious? No, I'm not being serious. <laughs> <laughs> it appears I was the one that got joked on. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Stephen, if you're listening, we'll get you on the next episode. We'll, we'll make it up to you. So going all the way back to Steven Spielberg's directorial debut, which is in 1971, a little film called Jewel, spelt D-U-E-L. That is um, worth knowing, actually, because when you first told yeah, me to watch yeah, this, yeah. I was like, what, like Jewel? Like a ruby diamond Jewel? Like a family yeah. Jewel? Or yeah, Jewel yeah. as in like two things? Oh, that's true. Yeah, there's another way of spelling that. Yeah. Jewel. Or D-U-L. D-U-E-L. The synopsis for this film. <laughs> Welcome to the spelling part. <laughs> you guys have brought your words to spell, yeah? So my word is uh, appetite. How do you spell that? The synopsis for this film is a business commuter is pursued and terrorised by, by the malevolent? Malevolent? Malevolent. 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 A business commuter. <laughs> the synopsis for this film is: a business commuter is pursued and terrorised by the malevolent. Yeah, see, Angel- just, just Angelina Jolie. <laughs> style, it out, style it out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not right. That's Maleficent. It's Maleficent. Quoting <laughs> 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 a wrong movie. Oh, lad. Uh, we'll get there. Can you? How do you say this? Malevolent. Malevolent. <laughs> a business commuter is pursued and terrorised by the malevolent driver of a massive tractor trailer. What? Tractor trailer? It's yeah. not a tractor, is it's it? A it's a fucking lo- truck. It's I'm, a lorry. Well, I know. Well, look, hey, it's an oil rig. Guys at IMDb, we're coming for you. Basically, uh, this is his first film, which is a TV movie, but was then mm. released as a feature. Yeah, later yeah, on. later, later. So, yeah. because TV movies back in the seventies were it's quite, like a, quite a movie booming of the business. Week. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, they made because uh, TV back then was way more profitable. Um, for agencies which uh, why they'd like to package uh, TV moves so TV mm. was thriving back then yeah. so William Morris really got which is seems strange it. now because TV movies are kind of few and far between mm. well, well now, it's, now it's Netflix, series, Netflix based 25 now cups big. of tea yeah. I mean I watch uh, all Netflix movies on the TV yeah. but I mean like a made for TV movie which is what this yeah. was yeah. it was specifically made I was to... watching a, I was watching an interview with um with Spielberg about this film and he was saying how um <clears throat> how snooty he was about TV at the time he was sort of saying you know he was what 25 when it came out so Isn't he would have been yeah. like 23, 24 when he was working in TV yeah. and he was saying oh god no I couldn't couldn't bear the yeah, idea yeah. of working in TV so I think you know I he think he's to get still, it feature, yeah, possible. but he, I think he's still kind of on the fence about the whole thing, about the TV side. 
Because mm. the thing is about him, because he started... I mean, nowadays. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, obviously, he started, I don't know, it's obviously 70s, but yeah. I think he started in the 60s, actually. Uh, making movies? Yeah, because yeah. he was making TV at first. Yes, yes, yeah, so, yeah he was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, um, so you've got director who, who's very old school, and back then, um, feature feature directors would look down on TV, um, and it feels like Steven still kind of is. Yeah, yeah. So, he just sounds like a grumpy old man. Well, his bread and butter <laughs> is the blockbuster cinematic film. Yeah, I mean, so, he basically yeah. kind of came up with it. Yeah, he defined a whole era of it. So yeah. I think, yeah, he did. But a definition of an era. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess then, with the, probably one of the biggest threats to that is golden age TV, right? Exactly, but then again, make a fucking good a movie. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but Red I feel like we've jumped we've jumped forwards in time. <laughs> sorry, a little bit. yeah, it's yeah. Clear, it's come back. We need to make it clear that he he made his name in TV um, back in the 70s, and which was very much a booming industry, which is very much a different industry to now, mm. which feels like oh, another topic we'll come on to in a little mm. bit. When you say made his name, though, I mean I, I, he wasn't that famous as in TV, was he? He was really after. You know, well, I think Jaws. I thought put him on the map. Yeah, big... but I mean, I think in order to get to Jaws, he he had to make a lot of of TV movies. So and Jaws, I think was a was one of was the better big. TV movies. Yeah, I think yeah. the only reason it was released as a feature yeah, yeah. was because people loved it, was, it. I mean, imagine watching that on your TV in the seventies. Like, must have been crazy. I mean, yes, yeah. <laughs> must have been nuts. This film is rated uh, like seven something on IMDb, eighty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I think. And it was numerous times it was uh, voted as the best TV movie of all time. I mean, I so can't think of take from that what, what you will. Yeah. Um, and just to Pope answer, answer your question, um, so Jewel <laughs> performed really well overseas. So in England, it was a big movie. Like. Yeah. It, True. Yeah, it was a big introduction for Steven to English audience. Mm. Um, so, Jaws made him a household name, mm. but he was already known as a good director. Big, uh, not exactly a big-time blockbuster director, but yeah. a, a really good director. And as we'll come on to later, Jaws, I think, was only a res- as a result of Jewel, because the yeah. producers yeah, of yeah, Jewel yeah. helped him get on Jaws. So, yeah, exactly. I think it was like a, a bit of a stepping stone. Mm. Um, I was going to go back and say... This is quite an interesting director to do because obviously he's he's kind of considered to be one of the greatest of all time. So I want to make it clear that we're probably not going to do his entire career justice yeah. in one pod. But what we can do is pull out um, Jewel and a couple of other things about his career that, that make him great. Because he is like, when you start researching him, you, you kind of forget that he's just career defining kind of director like he's done everything yeah. you could possibly think of I feel like uh, at this point I should um, I should make a quite, quite a big dis- disclaimer <laughs> cover, so I um, cover, cover your ears listeners so I, I, I when I was invited onto this episode I had a quick look at my um, my record probation. <laughs> my probation you know you thought got the good job up. yeah and then um, looked at you know what you know when everyone's got those sort of you know a couple of big films that everyone says you've got to watch it and never get around to watching it I realised that pretty much every Spielberg film is on that list for me so I've never seen Jaws never seen Jurassic Park never seen Indiana Jones that's crazy <laughs> never seen Schindler's List 
Your childhood sounds very depressing. Yeah. His childhood was... Um, I had to... I had your, to your childhood, you mentioned it on the last episode, it was... Uh, yeah, once, gang, a, once Upon a Time in America. Once Upon a Time in America, <laughs> 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 that's, that's what you were watching. Never mind the dinosaurs, well, Sonny. Yeah, well, while, we, while we were all like, look at these aliens and dinosaurs, you were just like... Like, God. sleep with the fishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, so, so very little Spielberg um, experience. But hoping to learn a lot about it tonight. Walk a thousand miles not, not to know who Spielberg is. Well, he, he knows is. who Spielberg is. Yeah, but not his, not not to know his movies like that. Because I think on. Well, I, can I just say actually, in Louis's defence, Louis has. I mean, none of us have seen War Horse. Oh yeah, and Louis, <laughs> Louis has Louis. seen War Horse. So I have seen War Keep Horse. It it's actually a, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good way of coming into the pod. What haven't yeah. someone watched? Has anyone I've seen it? Has anyone seen? <laughs> has anyone seen the post? I haven't. Yes, I haven't. That's that the one with Meryl Streep yeah, and, and T. Hanks. One of his, one of his. No, I think it's his second Wood, most recent one. With Woody and Meryl Streep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be a very different movie. You are a toy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> um, no, the, sorry, the post is very good. Yeah, actually, and it's from from a first time writer as well. Have you seen it? No. Okay. So, Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about the post. Um, so we should go back, go back to Spielberg briefly because he made this early film called Firelight when he was sixteen. He made a whole film, didn't yeah. he? And then it got it ironically, got sh- didn't it get burnt? Um, by, not by Firelight. That'd be too, <laughs> yeah, too yeah, poetic. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> I, I read that it was it was played in the local theatre and it made its money back. It made its money map back. Um, yeah. And I think the reason it, he, I think he said in an interview, the reason it made its money back was because I think the budget was five hundred dollars from his dad. And, yeah, five hundred people came, but someone paid two dollars by accident, so it made a turn a profit of one dollar. Nice. And that, I got to be in the movie business. <laughs> it was frugal even then. I think that was a short war film, and then he made. Amblin, yeah, which is the it's name of his production hippie. company, right? Yeah, which was about a couple who meet in the kind of sixties. Yeah, it was like kind hip, of hippie-ish, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they go to the beach or something. I think it was a twenty-five minute long. It wasn't long, yeah, yeah, it wasn't long at all. But um, I think that impressed people at Universal, Universal. yeah, and that's and what gave him a, a fucking seven picture deal. Yeah, I, I read that as well. That was quite incredible. Jesus. And then I think that's why he called his production company Amblin Entertainment. Yeah, because he owes it, owes it all to Amblin. Owes it all to Amblin, yeah. I did read as well that, because um, I was, I, I actually was interested in this. I kind of thought, like, as a great, a, a great, a steel Spielberg. Spielberg? Spielberg. Spielberg. <laughs> where does he, where did he get his thing for film from? Um, and I read that his, when he was younger, he's like, kept crashing his train sets and his dad had to, like, buy him a new train set because he kept, like, destroying it. But then he found his dad's camera and was like, well, if I just film it, then I can just watch it back all the time and then I don't have to keep destroying train, train sets. <laughs> so he's already thinking about the budget when he's a young, <laughs> young guy. Nice producer. But I thought that was interesting. And special effect. I heard a different he, story, but... The, but okay. Fair. I mean, he, what was yours? What was yours? It's his story, but it's one I heard. Yeah, is yeah. That his dad told him he's, he's going to a circus, but he took him to like a movie theatre. And then he... So he... At first, he felt deceived by his dad, but once the, the movie started rolling, he's like, he just... He just felt so inspired by it that it's just like I don't know why in America would like they graduate way later. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, like you know, you see those Harvard graduations, whatever the fuck, like forty-year-old <laughs> men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by this point he was like in his sixties, for yeah. fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. Either way, and he was just telling the story, and I was like, okay, that's how he got into films. But this producer one it sounds good. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he is the quintessential, like, found a Super 8 camera when I was younger and filmed train sets blowing up and Yeah, that's why he made that film things. with JJ, didn't he? Super 8. Super 8, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The the throwback to yeah, being yeah. alive in the 60s with Super 8 cameras. What did you guys actually make of Duel itself as a film? The D-U-E-L, Duel. <laughs> yes. Yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, the biggest thing for me watching Duel was how such a mundane, everyday situation of like is it well he's driving home relatable he's driving he he overtakes a truck and there's basically like the kind of everyone's been there inciting incident for this whole film (laughs) the fact that it dragged it over well not dragged it but I mean he stretched it over a a, a whole movie I think is a testament to Spielberg yeah. really so much right. fun to make it must have been it's like yeah, yeah we're going to get you the most evil looking vehicle on the road <laughs> and then you're just going to play with it for right. three weeks I did read that he made they had a different one and he uh, he chose that one because it looked like a face on it's the front. amazing yeah, 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 so. yeah I think they had I think he had an option to choose the truck and there were loads of kind of newer trucks but he, he wanted that one because yeah. of the face and it, yeah. it and it's quite it fits di- the film I quite liked how it was quite dirty yeah, and yeah, had, yeah. Like, the, yeah. the it looks yeah, yeah. it looks intimidating yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm like interested. the makeup department went to a truck. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, we're going to make this look evil. Even so flammable all over it. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Like I, I, I love how it says flammable all over it. And like, it doesn't that, make... that doesn't pay off until like the last oh, like, yeah, 10 yeah, seconds yeah, yeah, of the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's very clear from the beginning that that's what's going to happen. It very clearly has flammable written on the back. And there's many, many shots where you see <laughs> yeah. with flammable written on it. I'm amazed that he was 25 when he directed this. I mean, just because it's... It's a yeah, great yeah. watch. Even, what, 50 years later, it's still a fun watch. Yeah. Perfect time length for Sparrow as well, coming in at 89 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, Just signed up. One, th- one thing, I thought it was really good, but one thing I thought was it could be... Um, you hated the truck driver. Well... I hated that guy. He wouldn't shut up. Just didn't like the driving you scenes. Mean, you mean the driver, <laughs> not the truck driver. Oh, not great. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it could I have jest. done with... Um, I don't know. I don't think it need... I mean, it is a good film, but I don't think it needed to be as long as it was to tell the story it was mm. telling. Well, I think what's interesting about that was that there was two endings I read. One was for TV, which was like 75 or 74 74. minutes, which yeah. was basically just just over an hour, and then that's like basically the end. And then the one that uh, we would have watched was almost an hour and a half. Yeah. Theatrical version. Do you know what was the difference? I've tried looking yes. for it. I, I can find um, anything about really? it. Yeah. Um, I heard... It, the ending is the same it's just added added stuff so like added scenes right. yeah so like the conversation with the wife that never went anywhere so like she oh you yeah know, over the phone she, she's like oh the guy at the party almost raped me or something, something like that I was like <laughs> yeah, that, there's yeah, a story yeah. there yeah. what the fuck I thought I didn't and then like, yeah. they just kind of moved <laughs> over it so I was like oh that, that's weird yeah. Um, yeah but then so the, the scene with the school bus Yes. That's added just, for theatrics. Just bounce it. Yeah. <laughs> just bounce it. Just, just bounce it. Just bounce it. Just bounce it. I saw a, um, uh, an interview with Spielberg on it, and basically they needed a bit more coverage for a certain scene. Right. So they, in the edit, they actually added um, almost a whole kind of scene or a whole, a whole section of the film just using other footage, but it was just chopped in such a way that it looked different. So, like right. so it wasn't film. Film shot, It wasn't footage shot that Spielberg. Spielberg shot? No, what it was footage that he shot but they reused bits to like chop it up to make it to right. extend the oh, film's oh right length. okay so the same shots he used in yeah in but, the it, but it was the way it was way it was edited oh right mm, the nice. power of editing huh yeah 
pretty powerful stuff. Welcome yeah. to the editing podcast. <laughs> I thought, even though <laughs> it was obviously kind of like, it, it's obviously a fairly sinister story. It's just a really playful film. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's obviously a it's bit the way kind they of Hitchcocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very yeah. I remember it's kind you of saying like that. Zooming that. out from like underneath the truck, and you get that like. For some reason, it reminded me of like North by Northwest for some yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Once you meant, I, I camped. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once you mentioned that it, I really did look at the film in, a, in quite a different way mm. it, it did make me understand how he could stylistically carry that story on yeah. for an hour and a half because yeah. you think really can't draw it out part of the way you, he could achieve that was by the villain being this kind of inanimate <laughs> object <laughs> if it was a human it would be a bit more kind of dark and three yeah, dimensional yeah, yeah. but there's something yeah. just about this like, it's just like a truck off ugly huge truck <laughs> yeah, just fucking plowing you funny. down yeah. at yeah. any given moment well, well, also that's, it got tired for, for me at least it got tiresome though uh, the fact that you know he he overtakes then he overtakes then he, <laughs> then he overtakes then maybe he'll die and then he overtakes again then they yeah. stop or he crashes it's in the great, side of the it's fence it's not a great movie to watch if you want to learn how to drive <laughs> yeah no it's just, it's just <laughs> I thought I was pretty tiresome until the end where he actually like he got a bit more urgent in a way yes I agree um, I I also agree with Louis I feel if it had been a person, you would have been asking the question more of like, like why is who, who is it and why yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. And I found myself only really asking that when really two scenes. One was at the petrol station when you ominously see his mm. boots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Therefore, it's kind of the first time you see it's at, you know, obviously it's a person. But mm. um, and, and secondly, uh, you know, when he's looking at the bar at, at the boots of the four guys trying to figure out who it is. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was convinced that he was in there and that it was going to go somewhere, but it didn't. So other than that, when it is just this truck that's like, like yeah. going down the road, you just don't, I wasn't yeah. finding myself asking that. I was just kind of like, what's this truck going to do? It's completely dehumanized. Is it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, Spielberg did say that he did, he, that was done on purpose. Yeah, of course. Um, mm. Not to like humanize. No, it was him. an accident. And Spielberg <laughs> oh, was shit, like, "We forgot to put the driver in." <laughs> this guy. Fuck. Did yeah. someone lose the footage? <laughs> he had a whole backstory going. <laughs> that was De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole budget. <laughs> the camera in the, in the truck just failed, and it's like, oh no, we've got to put a whole movie out of this. Yeah. No, I thought that was. Um, it was pretty simple. It was. It was shot in sixteen days, which I think is quite impressive because yeah. shot in sixteen days. Is that true? I read it was shot in ten days. We've been reading it's very different fuck? sources. <laughs> I read it. I saw no, it was th- made thirteen. Ten days, days is was, unbelievable. No, no, it was meant. To, it was meant to be ten. And right. he, he over. I thought he movie of the week. Ran, I, yeah, yes, I thought he ran by three two, days. Two or three. I thought. Yeah. Fine. So he was the editing took it even longer then. I, I suspect it was sixteen overall when they did the maybe. when they did the feature. Yeah, probably took a couple yeah. days of editing. Probably yeah. It was meant yeah. to be a ten day shoot at the beginning. Right. Um, shot for thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. So sixteen. I suppose unsurprisingly, overran because there are some big set piece yeah. scenes like the one with the truck. No, ten days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it's like falling off a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> that whole truck. The, the that was a one take I mean I'm pretty sure you couldn't do that again no it was a one take thing <laughs> well I hope so yeah yeah <laughs> oh, the camera okay. just imagine keep being going. like the assistant director first AD just been ah next <laughs> next next story next story <laughs> we didn't quite we didn't hit record <laughs> take four <laughs> film wasn't rolling <laughs> fuck Stephen was asleep um, no one woke no one woke him up one thing I thought uh, was obviously we'll get into it but one of the things that I thought helped carry the story on for the time length that it did go on for was just the creative use of camera angles I felt like there was a lot of yeah. quite cool camera angles which were quite probably quite novel for 
early 70s probably in the car there was a really nice one where it's kind of attached to one of the corners of the car so you were kind of with mm. actually on the car when it was moving which was quite nice mm. hard to um, kind of keep up that sense of like speed and distance traveled when yeah that's you're obviously not doing that you're not going to be going for like hundreds of miles of the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so um, yeah a couple of other kind of- ones where it get really close to the truck and you'd kind of really rev the engine mm-hmm. and you, you you kind of the whole screen was filled with this like monolith i thought that was mm. that was interesting because um you kind of I watch that and I then I kind of think about some movies today like car movies like Fast and Furious say well, not really car movies anymore but um, <laughs> yeah that's a high speed yeah, high speed, yeah. <laughs> um, but just how action is shot and I just felt like it's, it's shot quite differently in in, in Spielberg's think- it was quite purposeful mm. what he was doing he wasn't he clearly wasn't relying on editing he knew what I think he was yeah but I think that's in the aftermath of Michael Bay yeah because the way it's done now is sort of commercial style mm. like yeah very glossy, very glossy and, and cutty yeah exactly but I suppose yeah. a, which is becoming a big an difference. Star, his style itself isn't yeah it? a big difference as well is that I wouldn't I mean this film isn't really shot to be kind of action it's it's all about suspense isn't it it's all about slow slow building yeah, up yeah, yeah. yeah good point and so you're kind of yeah there, 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 there aren't that many kind of classic climactic moments in it it's no. more just kind of no. ratcheting up the most climactic attention. moment is when that guy comes out of the bar and like rubs his hand along the lorry <laughs> and you think that's <laughs> yeah. the guy and oh, he yeah, like yeah. slaps it and You're then like, he just walks oh, off in his no. little blue van that's a sexy tanker yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love that yeah I mean there are a couple of sort of escalation points like by far my favourite scene in the film is the uh my snakes right. <laughs> where he's sort of in his phone box because up to that point you're like okay well this guy's a dangerous driver and being really irresponsible but then all of a sudden he comes and like takes out the phone box and then you're like oh right so he literally is trying to kill him yeah that scene was quite interesting it, uh, what I loved is that how that was all staged was when he was on the phone you were kind of thinking there's no way yeah. that he's going to turn he's around gonna go for it, and yeah. go for it and it starts doing that and you're like no way and then it bangs into all the snakes because he's like, what's right? I just love that. It's like, why it's put like, snakes why in the snakes? story? Like, yeah. <laughs> completely <laughs> irrelevant. Fuck? So there was one very, there's one shot, um, two things actually, this is a bit of trivia. You can see Spielberg in the reflection of the phone box. Yeah. Which, um, which I think some of us noticed. And also there was one shot I swear they must have used a dummy or something because there was one shot when it was driving towards the phone box where it it literally was maybe a few meters away and he was still in there and then it cut to it being <laughs> being like rubble com- being yeah rubble and I was like surely he didn't dive out like that couldn't have been him because yeah. that, that in that shot they cut from it, it looked like it was just going to absolutely flatten that phone box. Did anyone else kind of hope that the truck got him? I did. That I just point. <laughs> But I think what I think he was I, such an annoying guy. Yeah, but I think you bring up something quite interesting, which is like his ineptness yeah. and kind of annoyance and like his inability to deal with the situation. <laughs> you're but not really kind on of his made side, you, right? yeah, kind of made you side with the. You're kind of like, well, just the truck driver <laughs> just <laughs> kill him already. Yeah, yeah. Spielberg was a pioneer. The truck driver is the hero. Yeah, misunderstood as hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truck story, guys. <laughs> oh yeah, I shed a, I shed a tear at the end. <laughs> for the truck because I guess I guess obviously you know you do you can't help but think what would I do if it was me when that that obviously makes it kind of like difficult and you feel for him and stuff but it's definitely relieved and you can laugh at it because he's so useless because he's just so crap (laughs) (laughs) falls asleep you know also yeah that's the thing I guess I think it is explained in the film but he's in a car the guy's in a lorry the car should be able to outrun yeah, the lorry, but they just make. Yeah, he says he's got some. This lorry's got souped some souped-up up. engine, even though it looks like it's from like. 
1942. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the radio radiator hose was down. Yeah. They he kept talking. He needed a new one. Yeah. He needed a new one. Yeah. One yeah, thing I did like true. about that was it was kind of wrapped up in the like, oh, you need a new radiator hose. And oh, he was don't like, I, oh, don't I hear that? Yeah, don't time. I hear that all the time? And it's like, no, you actually do, man. Yeah, you do. So the, <laughs> the moral of the story, guys, is just make sure you replace your radiator hose. <laughs> <laughs> the, truck, the truck clearly had four radiator hoses. Yeah, it was actually a really long advert for a radio hose company. <laughs> Sponsored content. Yeah, the driver is just irresponsible. When, when did he last get an MOT? Yeah, exactly. It's just an ad for Quick Fit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that is a thing. Is I mean, there's something so quintessentially like, American 70s American about making a it's a kind of a car film do you know what I mean not just a film that happens on the road but it's basically like a battle between cars and yeah. that, that's the kind of thing that only really exists in the states it was yeah, kind of yeah. lo-fi lo like, transformers yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 I mean it remind, reminds me of scenes nothing transformed from like um, <laughs> James Dean movies from the 50s they had a lot of cars featuring uh, then American Graffiti itself um, had with Harrison Ford had a uh, had like a chicken run if, for those who don't know what chicken run is when two cars drive each other drive at each other like uh, and Her- one Herbie them. is it Herbie the VW what's the VW film mm, yeah Herbie. probably Herbie, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do I think they play chicken in that yeah yeah so yeah, uh, um, so, yeah that's very that's actually very true it's very American yeah. thing to, to like characterise cars and make yeah, them yeah, kind yeah. of yeah because obviously yeah, they, they have a hard on for cars back then they obviously yeah. they had, Detroit was making uh, Ford or what, what yeah. GM Motors or whatever yeah, the fuck yeah. it was so they had a car boom anyways so mm. definitely a prominent feature in a lot of films yeah yeah. one of the scenes I liked um, kind of I guess it showed Spielberg's craft a bit was when he was in the diner alone and there were guys playing pool and he was trying to figure out who Who's this driver yeah. is and kind of ticking people off some of the ways it was shot and he was quite isolated in mm. that in that corner and when he got up to kind of walk around he was shot kind of through everyone else. So he kind of, he just looked quite isolated walking. And obviously then he just like intimidates that random guy who's eating a sandwich. He's just like, gets taken out. what are you doing? But I thought there was a night. He just, he just leaves, I think. He, just, he doesn't even finish his sandwich. He just, he just goes. What was interesting was he kind of was made the villain, the, this inept guy. Because mm. everyone there was kind of like, oh, get out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. When he just wanted to find out the answer, but it's dro- sort of dro- that, drove him crazy. It's sort of that classic thing in any sort of like thriller, horror thing where you you start by thinking like everyone everyone's on my side and the evil person's chasing me, and then suddenly you realise you, you're kind of the old one out and everyone's yeah, it's an yeah. un- unreliable narrator type of thing. Yeah, yeah. taken for a spin, I suppose. And I mean, also, the- what was nice about that was that then he looked out the window and the truck was <laughs> just there. moves off, and moves <laughs> off. But then he wanted, then he kind of wanted to chase after it. Yeah. So it's kind of like a yeah. role reversal there, which, yeah, yeah. So which was quite. You feel cool. safer as long if you see it, kind of thing. Like you- if you can't see it, then that's when you know that it's yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did anyone else? I mean, it's like overthinking it. But at one point, I think I actually I watched it with you, and I remember us both at one point saying it like, "Is the truck just in his head?" Do you know what uh, I mean? Because right, yeah. up to a certain point, no one else has seen it, and it's just and it's just this That's guy. True. Yeah, that is true actually, especially the the diner scene because no one owns up to it, yeah. or even knows what it is. And you're like, well, yeah, but then there was that first petrol station, but then again, like not much. Yeah, like, it was not much interaction. Yeah, yeah. But then later on, it obviously becomes a bit more because the school bus, the school bus scene, which I think was another great uh, scene of role reversal because uh, he was just too obsessed with the truck to really help the school bus out, and I don't think his car could even really help them. But yeah, then yeah, he, once yeah. he got out of there, and the truck just like helped him. You could hear the kids being like, "Yay!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The truck driver is actually a really nice yeah. guy. He's like, this little car that's been terrorizing. <laughs> yeah, he's the more we talk about <laughs> yeah. it, the more I'm like, the truck driver did some pretty cool things, actually. Yeah. This, okay, it's worth noting that this is based on a short story. 
by the way yeah yeah we should go yeah. back to yeah, how jewel came about we've yeah. kind of gone in on the truck driver um, so i heard that the origin story was um so the, the what's his name the the writer richard matheson there we go richard matheson that he wrote it when so basically on the day that jf kennedy died so what oh, was yeah. that 63 he was driving home from i think a golf club or something with his with his buddy a, go- a golf game yeah yeah and um and he was tailgated by a truck that was that's it, and then he decided yeah. to write a thing about it. And I guess you know, if you really wanted to like scratch the surface, you could be like, you know, it was auspicious that it was that day. He wanted to comment on the American experience, yeah, and all that and aggression. Or that just tells you something about writers that they're like sensitive fucking idiots. That <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you. Yes, you know. Dennis, may I remind you that you are a writer? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I get that. Okay. But I'm just saying, they're, they're self-deprecating saying. idiots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah, um, yeah. But nobody wanted to make this, apparently. Um, yeah, that's right. something else I heard as yeah, well. Yeah, he had yeah. really hard time to, yeah, to get it made. I mean, imagine... Uh, that's I found why he... myself explaining it to people, being like, yeah. kind of... But actually find it quite hard to sell it, kind of being yeah. like, you, you kind of have to see it to understand but it. But I mean, if you yeah, think true. about the concept, like, 1970... That's Godfather Part 1 was 1971, wasn't it? We're talking in, like, a time when, you know, pitching a script of a kind of slightly abstract... Okay, mm. yeah, so we're on yeah, a road but... and there's a truck chasing a car. Then again, probably back, isn't that easy back to sell then, it. Making movies was way easier because for some reason money was always there mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, um, like I yeah. say, the budget for this was four hundred and fifty thousand mm. dollars, which must was probably quite do a lot of money. Know, do we know what it made back, or is that not not really? I well, after this podcast, it'll uh, be doing fine. I don't think it. Steven Spielberg numbers shoot through the roof. Yeah. I don't. I, I I think I'm right in saying it. It di- I don't think it made its money back. I mean, and it's I'm a TV sure that, movie. It yeah. probably does in in the sense of like the ca- cable cable networks and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then again, it did go for a theatrical run, and it was successful. Not as much in the US, but overseas. Overseas, yeah. It's I think it's sort of become a cult movie to some respect. Apparently, partly, yeah. apparently it has. Yeah. Apparently, it has. Partly because of Spielberg, and also because it, it's it is an unusual film. Mm. Like I can't really yeah. think of many other movies. I I was just going to say there is a I'm. Might be getting this wrong. Two thousand and nine, maybe two thousand and eleven film, um, which is a shot for shot remake of this. Oh my god! So really? I, was, I was just about to ask. I was going to say, do you think it could work now if they were going to? If they were well, gonna... apparently not. Well, <laughs> did it, yeah, I did don't it, think it did, did really it well. No, but also, it's it. like it's remaking. There's movies that's been you know, classic, very influential, almost to the point of being the same. So Joyride with Paul Walker, the guy from Fast and Furious. The, yeah, the Blonde guy, the guy who passed <laughs> away. Yeah. Mm. yeah, passed away. I think it's a two thousand one. Or maybe later movie, uh, but yeah, it's very similar in in terms of, and I think it pays homage to it. Mm. It's basically just these two guys that um, I think they do a cross con- country, and I don't think they steal a car. Oh, they they get like a walkie-talkie transmission thing, mm. and then they start like uh, talking to truck truck drivers, right. <laughs> Exactly, and yeah. then it starts getting chased by. Kind of sounds like Jewel too, almost. <laughs> almost. Avenge the fallen. Revenge of the. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Benos, you were you were saying uh, you were saying that maybe Jewel didn't live up to your expectations of no. of a Spielberg it's fucking didn't kind of movie. <laughs> no. So what 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 were your thoughts? Uh, so no dinosaurs. Exactly. No, yeah. no dinosaurs. No aliens. Well, uh, truck driver. <laughs> truck itself. Interesting. Ah, that that could explain his uh, love for Transformers. Fucking truck chasing you. <laughs> Makes yeah, sense. Maybe because he produced all those Michael Bay films. Didn't he, he did produce. He's yeah produced the first Transformers. Then I think executive produced the others. Probably yeah. Yeah. Like um, yeah. I found it to be pretty. Fl- okay, it starts fine, 
but then it for me it just went flat uh, quick uh, especially when it just kept repeating itself mm. so you, you mm. have the petrol station and you know uh, then you have the diner um and it's it's very predictable in, t- in terms of like oh so he's going to overtake him he's going to uh, then the truck driver is going to overtake him and then a, li- a little bit of action will escalate mm. and then it'll then it'll probably pull over somewhere and it'll stop mm. and it'll start again throughout the film it just kept repeating itself until obviously spoilers I guess fuck we could have said <laughs> we it did. Yeah. <laughs> that shit sailed yeah. we do this every episode we will be spoiling Jewel and probably some other Spielberg movies yeah just movies. cut that out and put it at the beginning <laughs> um, yeah spoilers I'm, it's about to begin <laughs> you're listening to this in surround sound do you think <laughs> it was so much better earlier Dolby HD Love it. Back um, to Jewel. Back I know what Jewel. you mean. I know you, there were a couple of sort of almost loops, right? So yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the end was kind of all unique. And obviously the first sort of like mm. half hour was yeah, all unique. Yeah, yeah, but, but there were a couple like, of loops where it's like, oh, it appears. Slowly, it's come back for slowly differentiates. That's all it is. So mm. did you, I've got a question because I, I would agree with you, but did you watch this alone? Yeah. So we. Why is that? Well, is that are you question? sure? Well, it's called, it's called dual. You need two people. Yeah. Ah, see. Because I was actually behind it. Rookie. So, because all three of us actually watched it. And what I found really interesting was when I was watching it, I was in it's sort of in a similar headspace to you of being like, I'm not sure where this is going. And actually, maybe after a while, I'm not sure it's, it's going yeah. beyond the elements that you've been introduced to. Mm. But I did find us reacting to it sometimes and kind yeah, of yeah. getting that audience involvement was quite high for example at the <laughs> yeah, beginning yeah. when um when he overtakes the truck you kind of know that the truck overtaking him is coming like you just the way it's shot but yeah, then yeah, when yeah. it kind of screams yeah. out from, from behind <laughs> it was like a kind of comedy moment yeah, yeah, yeah. it didn't make you laugh and i i did find us kind of at times every now and then someone would kind of mutter like why is this truck chasing him? Or like, is this guy just sucks? And like, you know, I think I remember asking after like the first 20 minutes, I was like, this isn't the whole film. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think Sparrow and I yes, turned to him and were like, yes, yes it, it is. is. Yeah. One thing I really liked about it, um, actually is the opening shots when he yeah. pulls out of his drive and drives there. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. I just out thought of the it city. Was, yeah, I just, for me, those felt the most Hitchcockian mm, for mm, some reason. Mm, I don't know. It's was good. It was a nice opening. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, I mean, I think underlying the whole thing, because I agree that actually like the narrative structure was a bit like, okay, yeah, fine, we, we get it. Like yeah. we've seen the smoking gun. I think um, I think the the underlying thing that just makes it quite sort of like, you know, you can cheer at it, you can enjoy it, is the relatability of it. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, yeah. had that. Yeah. Like on a microaggression level. Someone driving up their ass. <laughs> Not a but, yeah, everyone's had that like, oh, you know, you overtake someone and then they're pissed off because you overtake. Because I was going to say, like, the short story, it just sounds like someone drove home and like was yeah, maybe, maybe driving it. slow. <laughs> and quite rightly, the person behind them was like, can you move out the way? And he's like, hang on, this is an idea for story. I was just going to say what um, Sparrow just said about the, the opening shots, which mm. were kind of on the front of his car, right? As yeah. they were driving mm. on the road. There's a great, I think I've mentioned this to you, a great film called Rendezvous in 1976, which is a short, um, I think it's only 15 minutes long, but it's basically, I mean, it's probably one of the coolest things. It's a brilliant film, that. Yeah, coolest things I've seen. Um, it's basically uh, the same shot. It's a shot at the, on the front of a car, but it's a Ferrari, and it's someone who's basically driving a Ferrari through Paris, 
and the whole scene the whole film is just this one shot and it's just absolutely blasting it down every single road <laughs> I don't know how they got permission he I think literally they just, rags it I, I think, think it must yeah, be like 5 in the morning or yeah, something yeah, it, must be five, like, it does look like 5 in the morning you can just hear the Ferrari engine kind of gearing up and then slowing down mm. and then it, he drives up this um, this kind of uh, hill that's near Paris which is probably quite a famous place parks and you can kind of see um some city in the background and then uh, a kind of blonde model girl gets out of the ferrari <laughs> and he gets out and they kind of kiss and hug in front of in front of the car <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that's it rendezvous wow. yeah this it. is basically a, a fucking french advert nowadays these these days this is yeah. what you see on tv yeah a blonde, i mean if i saw that cool. on tv i would i would be yeah. like that's the best ad i've ever seen yeah we'd never in get the budget 70, for what that. was it 76 76 the reason yeah, i say it is because it, it was a it's a, it's similar to the start but i wonder if maybe they were inspired by by the start of Jewel. Did it, that okay. just reminded me briefly of. Did anyone see that film? Was it Widows or something that came out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and do you, do you remember that scene where it's filmed like from the outside of the car? Yes. And it's uh, is it Colin Farrell? Yes. On the inside, and he drives whole, from one place to the next. And that's a really clever because you shoot it, you shoot it so that you see the kind of like the whole surroundings of where he's going Change. it's all about yeah the city that he lives in and everything yeah. like that yeah yeah that was yeah. that was my favourite scene of that film actually um, I thought that was brilliant yeah really nicely shot yeah. just quick a little fun fact on Duel speaking of a different Steve McQueen yeah the um well the other yeah <laughs> the, a different the OG Steve. yeah um, in the film Bullet there was a yeah. with Steve McQueen there was a film um, there was a certain rig film to film a lot of the car chases right um, and they used that in Duel to film there was, there's a shot where they kind of go they start from behind the truck go around the side and go in front of it there was a purpose built yeah. ve- vehicle for, for Bullet which somehow Spielberg got hold of for oh, right. Duel that, I think right. I remember what shot that was actually where it tracked along along yeah. the truck and it was like a purpose built piece of equipment anyway yeah. I, I saw it in an interview with yeah, Steven yeah yeah, yeah. Nice did piece of the, trivia for Jewel. Yeah. What did everyone think of the ending? Because that's probably the one part of the film which I think would, <laughs> would elicit the biggest reaction because, frankly, it's the part of the film where the most the only stuff way to kind end of it. happens. The only way to end it. Um, very un-Spielberg ending. Mm. Very, especially the credits. And he's just there crying. Like, yeah. or, he's just, or, you know. The credits over the shot of him. He's like throwing something. Yeah, yeah um, some I rocks thought, or something. Like I, that. I felt like he maybe slightly redeemed himself when he used his briefcase to, to fit, fix the... Because well, it was smart. Well, it was just like better than him being like, "Why is this truck chasing me?" <laughs> <laughs> the funny, uh, funny thing is, is like you could also end it, couldn't you, with a sort of like just, what the truck drives away into the sunset? Yeah, well, I mean, what, no, how but would you end it? Yes. You, you could end it with like an enigmatic, <laughs> like the truck appears again. Do you know what I mean? It sort of and then it keeps going and going. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like endless cycle. I, for me, I, I thought there was no other way to end this other than that truck just blowing the fuck up. Finally, he was he was sort of a murderer at the end. I mean, Oof, bold. Yeah, he killed this guy. He knew what he was doing by putting the briefcase down and jump, jumping out. <laughs> and the and truck driver was just the longest slow mo shot ever <laughs> of just it going off the edge and exploding. And then I think maybe it's a release of emotion for him at the end, which yeah. is why he's crying a lot. But I was kind of like, wow, this guy's gone from being like an average Family Guy who just left his home on a normal day. It's to, a really good point, actually. Yeah, because if to, there is a human story to it, which there isn't a huge amount, but no. if there is a human story to it, then it is that this very average human guy. Which which is which is kind of like stressed by the conversation with his wife. Yeah. Where he's just like, Oh, I can't lose the account, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> While that woman's while that woman's yeah. putting a laundry yeah. in the in, in, yeah. in, front of, in the phone. And suddenly at the end he's this kind of like cowboy in the in the desert, you know, yeah. setting the fire to, yeah, destroying the trucks and stuff. Fuck his day escalated. It did. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> it really did. I mean, he kept the account. 
Oh no, he, did, he doesn't even keep it. He's probably he's probably yeah, late. He didn't make he's it probably exactly. late. Yeah. Also, his his car's shot. He's gonna die of thirst in the desert at the end. Fuck yeah, it. it's true. Yeah, that got bleak. Duel two. But Duel I will, two. I will, Avengers of Fallen. Duel two. Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> That's another film. If it reminded me of Mad Max, which is like this is Fury Road, yeah. bombing through the yeah. desert. Yeah. Actually, I did not make that connection. Oh really? Um, Do you think maybe because truck driving is just so monotonous and boring? That you just had to have some fun by <laughs> tormenting <laughs> someone. Well, that's what I thought it was at the start. What that he was? Yeah, just, was honestly, just a bored, I bored yeah, it didn't. I didn't get the sense that it was this kind of like you know Villainous. evil. So like like when I said the the, the snake scene, the yeah. snake scene was the first time it was like this guy's trying to murder him as opposed yeah, to that's he's true. just re, being Annoying. really dangerous yeah. um, and, and like nudging his car to yeah. kind of intimidate him. And up to that point, I genuinely thought it was a kind of like um oh, you know sort of just yeah. playing with. I it. mean, even when the train goes going across and he's nudging the car. <laughs> into yeah, the train yeah, yeah, yeah. and he never like quite he couldn't, yeah maybe he wasn't actually going to do it yeah, yeah. yeah and then when he drives over the we, the, we all do that right yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> when he drives over the uh, the train track and just like veers off into the sound and he's like oh yeah. like, and when he, on, t- when he says to like pass and there's yeah. another car uh, yeah, yeah, yeah just a straight up murder <laughs> I was just going to right, we're jumping scenes but the, that old couple who he pulls over and is like this guy's trying to kill me in this film? yeah, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> and even the he passes the policeman Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. It does, and nothing. And it doesn't do anything. Nothing happens. Wasn't it patro- some sort of like uh, a highway patrol guy? Or wasn't was it animal control or some shit? Animal control? Yeah. <laughs> if if it was animal control, they got a serious sex situation. That's why it all connects. A little nugget about that. Call about some snakes. A little nugget about that old couple. Or I guess without diving just yet. But he, you know, I mean, I'd say one of Spielberg's big themes is like nostalgia, mm. um, and that. That old couple he uses in a later film, oh, really? the, the same two act, actor and actress. Um, yeah. it's I think it's it might be Close Encounters right. or mm. be definitely they're definitely used in a later film. Both of them at the same scene. It, is it a similar scene that they're used in where someone's like this alien's chasing me and they're like <laughs> don't pull over, me. honey. <laughs> uh, I don't, don't, I don't pull again. over. Maybe, but it's funny you say Spielberg's thing is nostalgia, which is now that I'm thinking about his filmography, actually fucking is. Like, I kind of feel like it is. Saving Private Ryan, Ready Player One is all nostalgia, obviously. Then you've got Lincoln. Obviously, he wasn't alive when Ab- Abraham Lincoln was around, but still nostalgic for yeah. Jurassic Park, like 40 million years ago. That was a Fuck real nostalgia. Yeah. But the funny thing about his films, though, is like his kind of one of his big themes is nostalgia, but also now when you look back, or for me personally, when you look back at some of his films when I was younger, like Indiana Jones. OT, like they are, they are nostalgic for me now. Um, even yeah. but they're kind of nostalgic in the film as well. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. he creates nostalgia. That's what he does. Yeah, he's a nostalgia creator. Oh, but he, he admit, other than in Jewel. But he, he, <laughs> he admits he's a, he's a fan of um. He admits that he he loves nostalgia. So he, that's he why I think he was a perfect choice for Ready Player One, even though it was he was heavily referenced himself in the book, and his movies, which yeah. he did actually purposefully take out of the film. Yeah. Which was a shame. That was my only. I mean, one I've of my not criticisms. read the book. So not read the book. No. Yeah, it's a good read. There's no need to take it out if you're if the author puts you in. No, but I think he said it's too self-referential. Yeah, that's fair enough. Which is which yeah, is like fair enough. Spielberg directing the flick, and then he likes to break a mental sweat too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we mentioned this earlier, but after making Jewel, which I think he was doing to try and get studio on his side, then the producers of Jewel introduced him to the Jaws script. Yeah. And that was how he got involved with Jaws. Nice. So Jewel was the kind of sparking mm. yeah, he, ignition to what Jaws was really what landed him on the map, I think, yeah. as a as a film director anyway. And he keeps saying that that Jewel was the one that gave him the, the career. 
Yeah. Duel, the film, was what gave him a career. Not Jaws. Jaws just made him a household name. Yeah. Duel. Because we did consider yeah. doing the Sugarland Express film, which was with um, Goldie Hawn, right? Which, oh, yeah, about a baby. Yeah. About I, haven't, baby. I haven't seen that one. Which is a five years later than, than yeah. Jewel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but we landed on Jewel because it is technically his, his, it is his debut. It is, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Um, what what do you guys... um Have you guys got any... Have you got a favourite by Spielberg? I mean, he's got such a big... Favourite movie? Yeah. Oof. If you had, or Ooh, let me think of all of those. Favorite, favorite <laughs> I think Louis should. Louis should War, War Wars for Louis. It's War Horse well, or Duel. <laughs> so of, of the like, I think Duel I've seen. Duel Two: uh, Avenge the Fallen. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, Catch Me If You Can was always was that's always a great that's movie. one of my favorite films. Really great movie. So yeah, I think that's. Um, I always forget that I've seen that film in a weird way. I don't know why. I, I mean, I, I'm a big sci-fi fan. I love Minority Report. I always forget that Spielberg yeah. Yeah. did yeah. that movie. Yeah, yeah, very true. He did AI as well. The, the Kubrick, did, the Kubrick, yeah. the Kubrick yeah, started yeah, that yeah. film, didn't he? Yeah, that's that's actually an interesting piece of trivia. One. Kubrick and Spielberg were quite good friends. Kubrick, even at one point, had been developing Schindler's Ark, which is the book. Yeah, and then I think it turned into Schindler's well, List. Well, other interesting but, bit of uh, Spielberg trivia that I've heard is um, so brief. Uh, sorry, Close Encounters came out about the same time as the first Star Wars, and reportedly George Lucas and Spielberg decided to exchange. I think it was like one percent of the royalties in each of their films. Yeah, saying yeah, yeah, heard really? this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give yeah, you one percent of the royalties in Close Encounters, yeah, and I'll give you one percent. And obviously for George Lucas, it was probably a better deal because Spielberg was kind of a bigger, yeah, yes. a bigger guy. Because he, he was kind of uh, he was asking uh, Steven Spielberg to actually watch some of the rough uh, rough cut of Star Wars because mm. he by this point he was second yeah. guessing himself. So he's like, you know what, I'll do a solid. How about we exchange percentages on this? Yeah, yeah, and that's how it came about. And so he 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 must I think have he still made rakes money in from it. Tens of millions still in there. Out yeah. of Star Wars, he's still, he's yeah, still, out of a film he had nothing to do with. He still has a percentage in it, I think. Yeah, yeah. so every time one's yeah. made, well, he would have been bought by Disney now, probably. But yeah, yeah, I think he's. That's stakes. a nice little moneymaker. <laughs> George must be collecting the the two dollar checks yeah. from Close <laughs> <laughs> Encounters. A nice, a nice little loop round with um with Kubrick though is because I think they were were they friends yeah they were friends yeah Spielberg got to got to re, got to remake one of um, or kind of remake one of Kubrick's scenes in Ready Player One The mm. Shining yeah with the the blood in the hotel that that's must true have, that must have been good for him yeah nostalgic yeah it is nostalgic um, because they were great friends and I think Kubrick was trying to develop AI in the early 90s but there wasn't enough um, I don't think he thought computer imagery was at the level right. it could be to, to yeah, achieve yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And once he passed away, Spielberg finished. Um, I'd really wrote like the to, really to rewatch it. AI now because it I felt too. completely far fetched at the time. But yeah. but you kind of wonder now whether it was actually very prophetic. I don't remember any of it now. Yeah, I don't either. I just I I do think it was um, slightly ahead of its time. Yeah, it's so, actually law as well. Isn't that? Um, I honestly couldn't say with certainty. It, it, it's um, it's the guy, it's the kid from the Sixth yeah, Sense, Sixth isn't Sense. it? Jude Law's in it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Was he? No man likes Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> nice little phone shop throwback. Yeah. Phone shop in Spielberg. That's where we've ended up. <laughs> Do you like the films of Jude Law? <laughs> oh, one film of Spielberg I could not get through was uh, Bridge of Spies. I really enjoyed that movie. Fair and enough. that's written by the Coen brothers, that film. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, with Mark Rylance, who's done a lot of uh, Spielberg's. That's funny. That, yes. that went so they, or something like that. Yeah, it was definitely nominated for sure. I thought that they'd. Well, it's just surprising that they'd write it and then not direct yeah. it, given that the directors yeah. I, what they did. I, yeah. I might yeah. be wrong, but I think it. I think it was a one of those um, conflict schedule things. Do right? also, right, okay. but I also think right. They're, they're a great team up. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say my favorite uh, Spielberg. I think. I mean, this. There are so many, but it's probably um, 
Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, which is the middle one, which I actually thought, I used to think was the first one. I never understood why everyone banged on about Raiders so much. It was like Raiders, Raiders, Raiders. Yeah. I was like, oh, but it's because it was the first indie one. Right. Um, So Temple of Doom is the second one. Because basically I I watched all the indie films when I was a kid, but I didn't know anything about, well, I didn't know anything about directors or Spielberg Mm. or anything. I just enjoyed the film. Yeah. But then... Like normal humans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but now, um, yeah, I still enjoy it. But that one, um, that one always stood out. It is yeah. worth saying that I think when he did Jaws, it was the highest grossing film of all time that for right. two years until Star Wars came along. Yeah. Right. Which was- then Spielberg kind of won in anyway because he got his money from, <laughs> from, from um, it. it. What Spielberg now is the highest grossing director of all time Thinks, combined. So. Yeah, so yes. Spielberg, this is quite amazing fact actually, his gr- the gross amount of money that he's earned from all his films, mm. or his films have earned, I think, mm. is twice that of any other director. Really? So I think Peter Jackson or even um, James Cameron are half of what Spielberg has earned at yeah. the box office. It's just how how consistent he's been over such a long time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Define like the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a prolific filmmaker. Yeah. That's that's what lands him though. Like his name yeah. lands him. Yeah. Yeah. But will, in order to get that, he, you got to make some... Because he's done yeah. some fucking shit in movies. Blockbuster. Like, like blockbuster. Always, which was a rom-com. Like, so that's what I'm saying. So he has genres, right? So he's... One genre he has created done. his own genre in a way, hasn't he? Mm. Nostalgia? Is that the one? Yeah. I think uh, so. He, one he hasn't done was superhero movies, but... He's never directed a mainstream... Well, he's never directed a superhero film, has he? No. Which is quite a refreshing... Mm. I, think he had, I think he had a, a... I mean, he's still making good films, but I think he had a, a, a like a heyday, which mm. was the kind of Jaws to mm. E.T. indie... Yeah, um, Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was yeah. like what really. I think he'll be remembered most for yeah. those he's, that sort of era. He's yeah. the '80s guy. Like that's how. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he still makes your films. Hate that, but... he, he, she does. But like, but you know, I don't think the post or Ready Player or Ready Player One will be remembered in the same it's way. Uh, yeah. 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 There's yeah. also a big '80s like, nostalgia going on at the moment, where like everything yeah, yeah. has to. You come can't out. escape it. It's like De Niro is a '70s, '80s actor. Like you can't. Yeah. Even though he's still a great actor, you can't escape it. George Lucas's company did. I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, VFX work for Jurassic Park yeah. via Industrial Light and Magic. Yes, yeah. Mm. Um, which they were developing, obviously Pixar and stuff. Yeah, but that's that's another whole tangent to yeah, get yeah. on to. Well, th- I think what that kind of shows, at least in in what I've understood, is that Spielberg, his influence is just like undeniable, almost everywhere. Directed so many films, had such an influence on so many people. It's hard push to think of someone else that kind yeah. of equals his over that period of time yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I think even nowadays like you know he's, he's still Ready Player One was a massive movie um, yeah. which most people thought was unfilm- no, I mean, unfilmable like, as in like who has been at that peak position for oh, so fine. long for such a long time you've obviously got now you've got like Cameron and Nolan and people who are like of a similar profile but have only been there for for what like 10 yeah he's been like years. Years. He's I mean, been, if you he's think been about up there for like 40 50 yeah <laughs> that's true that's a good point um, yeah. I was going to say Nolan's made like eight films as I think Spielberg's made like 32 yeah. but he's yeah. also produced and executive produced over 100 loads of stuff mm. like Back to the Future mm. Poltergeist um, yeah that, that it, Transformers the as Banks were saying earlier he cameos in uh, Vanilla Sky does he? yeah oh my god he does he's at the party yeah yeah. Well, the thing is nowadays I've do you think that people go to watch his movies because it's Steven Spielberg picture or or is the movie actually good? For example, Ready Player One did mm. a business. I think it made over 500 million. Uh, but then again, I don't think it was a good movie. It's really but hard to... Um, it's hard because I think the book was quite big. So people want to go... When you've got that book... Where did tie- that grow up? I've not heard of when this. When you've got the book tie-in though, you've got people wanting to go see it because... 
When was yeah, the book released? But also, frankly, when you've got when you've got the profile that Spielberg has, you have the whole package. Yeah, yeah. and the budget and I, the I investment for marketing. I'd also say he hadn't done a big film for a while until was it BFG? He did just before that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, was that as you know what I mean? Ready Player One. I think it was a bit a lot of excitement. It's like Spielberg still got it. Can he still bring like That's a kind of you say that, a cinema BFG, experience? BFG is, is a book, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so is Ready Player One. Yeah, but. But which one? I, th- I did, mean, did you guys see BFG? Nope. Neither did I. Louis seen it. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Have you, have you seen? <laughs> you seen Warhorse? Did you see? Have you seen Ready Player One? <laughs> no. I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't. I read the book. I wasn't a fan. What's interesting about him is the influence that he's had over so many people. So, for instance, I think he discovered Brad Bird, who yeah, makes sense. went on to do Incredibles and um, Iron Giant. I think Kathleen Kennedy, who's now in charge of Disney, was producing a lot of his movies already. He also did... I've, I didn't know this. He did The Colour Purple, which launched Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah Winfrey's careers and got a, lo- got a yeah, load of Oscar nominations. Yeah. And Robert Zemeckis, who obviously did Back to the Future. I he t- kind of mentored him, I think. Some credit has to be given to him casting Christian Bale in Empire, in Empire of the Sun. Sun. Yeah, because yeah, he was... He was this kid. is what I mean. His stretch is like so far-reaching when yeah. you actually start digging into it. You're like, yeah, he's like, he's yeah. almost yeah. no... Everyone. synonymous with Hollywood in a way. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. You, be you, think, you, think, Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you think Steven Spielberg, you think Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There but, aren't many... I mean, um, outside of the, the the world of kind of film buffs and stuff... Sorry, no no offence. Um, there aren't... Fucking taken. There aren't many director names that draw audiences do you know what i mean there are many sort of directors that would kind of i think draw an audience to a cinema yeah, yeah, yeah. and I can, I can spielberg think hand, is hands down there's one only, of them. yeah there's like a handful there's like spielberg eli roth you know that's it yeah they're the only big directors that i can think of i think yeah. even eli roth I, I read was was influenced by those old Amblin movies like Spielberg's. Wasn't um, Spielberg in the um so Apple Apple what are they call Apple Plus? Here we go. Apple Here TV. we go, the big Apple stuff. Plus, yeah. I think just, called. just before we get onto that, yeah. I was um I was just gonna say, going back to what Sparrow said about nostalgia, I think what is interesting is in a kind of weird way, like everyone remembers watching well, maybe not Louie, but everyone remembers <laughs> watching uh you know, like E. T. Yeah. Jurassic Park, whether or not you grew up in the era that it was in. I have a fond memory of a lot of VHS films when I was mm. younger of yeah. Spielberg films. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of nuts how many people's childhoods he's kind of inspired or brought into filmmaking. Yeah, it's it's quite influential. And he'll, and he'll always remember Duel because you never forget your first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's <laughs> so one. Good night, kids. <laughs> so the podcast, this week we're sponsored by um, ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it all um, connects. But no, no. Let's uh, let's talk about the Netflix thing. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, well, it's not really a Netflix thing, is it? It's it's. Well, I mean, it's the, the details of it might be, thing. but it's a, it's a streaming network. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, did I make did I make it up that he was in the? You know that I I, I sent it to you, Dom. The Apple ad. Yeah. So yeah. Apple no, he's, Plus. The Apple Plus ad. He is he's in part it. of it. Yeah. 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 And he does a whole thing about the magic of film. And, yeah. And he's obviously sort of plugging for plugging for Apple. Yeah. Though. And I'm plugging for likes. Plugging for likes. I I couldn't get that shtick. Yeah. Um, it's it's weird. He spent years like being talking shit about Netflix, and they'd be like, "Just join." What do, what do you mean they, by talking? Talking? What what Spielberg's problem so with with streaming? So, so 
first thing, the one that comes back to my mind most recent is the Roma thing. So Roma, yep. uh, Roma, which was distributed by Quran, yep. yeah, distributed by Netflix. Yep. He's he was petitioning for for it to be banned from Oscars, mm. not, not to qualify, disqualified it. Yes, not yep. banned. Um, yeah. So he was very hard up, up on that, like writing letters to the Academy and stuff. Um, and the, what? And why is that? Because Be- it, he said it's ironically <laughs> a, uh, a movie made for TV. <laughs> uh, speaking about it too well, yeah he he's like that. well actually I have some experience <laughs> in this department um, if I don't get an Oscar for a duel fuck you guys then Roma's not getting an Oscar <laughs> and in fact it's, it's a very it is a very cinematic film Roma yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the boundaries of TV and cinema just don't exist in the way they used to you know? no. well, and I think what, what I think what maybe um, Spielberg's getting at is that if you want to qualify for the Oscars you can make a film and distribute it on Netflix, and as long as you get it in some cinemas, which but that's always been the case. Roma was, which, which, yeah, which gives it that. I know, yeah. not. I'm just saying this is what he was yeah. saying. Is that as long as you get it in some cin- cinemas, then it applies for the Oscars, yeah. and he's kind of yeah, against that, right? Because he, he basically that, invented the summer blockbuster with Jaws. Like that's yeah. what kind of. But even before then, he was slagging uh, Netflix off for making just like content just constant you know just yeah. battering shit with content not making good movies is he wrong though yeah he is there's, I guess there's, I guess there's another shit on Netflix for fuck's sake no there is but there's also a lot of bad stuff drives competition doesn't it and I, what, guess, what I guess what I was just gonna say it's interesting because it's like you know it's easier to make a film now by the sounds of it by the sounds of tech and yeah and you in know in terms of tech in yeah, terms yeah. of tech yeah um, and Netflix, Netflix have got a lot of money and ambition but you know, does it mean they should be yeah. making lots of films if yeah. do we know the yeah. yeah. majority do, of them might not be that great? But do we know why? Is, is that is that actually why he's against, is he against it? Because he doesn't think the content's good? Is it just the premise that you can kind of get films more easily online that he's against? He was uh, he was uh, afraid that... The, the, so you know about the, the theatre experience, just be, you know, mm-hmm. being, or being yeah. lost. Yeah, yeah, being lost. So He's a big thing. He's all auteur theory, isn't he, Spielberg? Yeah, it's, yeah, That's yeah, what exactly. it is. It's about... Yeah. It, yeah. Which, which is about when you make a film as a director and people can recognise your, your hand in the film yeah, simply by yeah, watching yeah. it. But then, so, you know, just because Netflix makes uh, like a movie made for TV, that, there's a whole fucking thing. Uh, a whole industry will just make movies just for TV. Mm. So it's fine to make those fil- kind of films. Then Saying that not all of Netflix films are great, it's like saying, well, not all of Spielberg's films are great. Mm. Look at always. I suppose. For example. I suppose yeah. at his level, his when he's got his profile, he's thinking in terms of industry, isn't he? He's thinking my my support or my my lack of support will be what kind of defines. It can have some weight when it comes to actually defining the future Definitely of the industry. Does, yeah. yeah, and yeah. I think I think yeah. probably feels some responsibility to yeah. to protect cinema, right? He, exactly, he exactly. So he's probably not he's probably not attacking Roma as an individual thing. And then he goes no. to join App. Well, well, yeah. yeah. Let's get back to that because that's yeah. kind of so, zeros at the end of the check, and I think you can get him to do anything. <laughs> Maybe they've said, "Look, we'll give you the money to make Jewel Two Avengers: The Fallen." <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah, well, that the only Apple, thing so, that would get so him. that Apple. So you know, speaking as the brand consultant, you know, I think <laughs> <laughs> of Apple. <laughs> Apple was Apple's clearly trying to. We talked uh, last time, or last time I was on about how Netflix is kind of bricking it because of the the newcomers into this field of Disney and, and Apple, yeah. and they're trying to carve out a space for themselves. And they're by creating loads of new content and they're seeing what sticks and then they're going to try. And I think just so they're making all this kind of documentary content or yeah. this sort of like real yeah. world gritty stuff. Apple comes straight in and is very clearly from the very beginning just trying to own cinema. 
trying to own kind of like that cinematic, cinematic experience, experience yeah. of movies. So, so they get Spielberg and they have that weird kind of like hangar where they're doing... Yeah, Ron Howard's in there, Damien Chazelle's in there. Yeah. Um, See, it seems kind of ironic because I think one of the big... It seemed like one of the big fears of um, some of these big directors was that um, with, all, with, Netflix, wasn't it, with Netflix and Apple coming in is that they're going to like impede on cinemas and people going to the yeah, cinema. But yeah. actually with Netflix trying to make stuff like Roma and Apple doing getting Spielberg and such on board. Yeah. Mm. Seems like it's almost going to push the kind of cinematic filmmaking mm. Fur- further. further. Yeah. That's a really interesting. Kind of ironically. What, like, what, I agree with yeah. that in a way because yeah. look at Fincher. He's made Mindhunter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's the Coen brothers with the Ballad of the Buster Scruggs. Yeah, they've. I think they've all come out and said they've, they're, you know, they're welcoming. You've got, you got to move with the times, I think. Well, yeah. the, also, Netflix is looking to buy theatres in LA anyways. Mm. So um, they're trying to push for that theatre. You Do you know, think in the future Netflix will have a thing where it's like you can you can watch this film in one of our cinema? Like, would it be like an Odeon? You know, Odeon's a oh, like if, over you, if you have a subscription, you know, the, the, yeah, that'd be interesting. Maybe people have because been, then the argument would die, wouldn't it? It'd be like, well, as long as it's in the cinema, yeah. yeah. Whether Netflix did it or not, I don't, I don't care. People, the thing is, obviously, obviously, like the the gut, the knee jerk reaction is that the growth of streaming basically means that cinema will die. But people have been predicting the death of cinema since since what, the, like TV the TV came out. There's always been a difference in people's heads between the yeah. two experiences, which gives a space for cinema to live. Mm. The funny thing about is Spielberg's longevity, longevity, longevity. longevity yeah. Yeah. So he's seen the fight between the TV and film. He's seen the fight between the t- the film and VHS and DVD and so Yeah, he's on. kind of lived through it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, kind of, he's like a war veteran. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Saving private I, cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I do, it does talk, talk to a bigger thing, which I think Spielberg has said, that, that Netflix and other studios have basically taken out that middle cost movie that studios would have made and actually put in cinemas so now what you get in so cinemas so the 20mm would go into straight into Netflix basically. yeah so yeah. now you either get small indie films that play at like Curzon or like mm-hmm. you know yeah. Thund- yeah, Thunder yeah, yeah, Road yeah. which we're all keen to go and see but most people haven't seen yeah. or you get like the superhero films like yeah. Marvel and DC there doesn't yeah. seem to be any in between but uh, but there is it's just on online no you're right you're right and that's so, like, that's yeah. why that's why yeah. cinemas scramble for the, the new thing that they can sell yeah. like like 3d but or... it, in a in a way I, I do go back to you know netflix it's no surprise netflix are keen to get fincher on board yeah. to get um other big directors think about like really i mean i'm not <laughs> it's gonna sound like i'm just saying this but i can't think of anyone other than nolan who is making like spectacle mm. original movies at the scale that he's making them at he isn't he has become an anomaly mm-hmm. in that sense because yeah. otherwise yeah. it's a marvel movie there isn't anything in between but my what the point i'm getting to is whether or not you're making it on a streaming service or in a cinema and you've got to have a great director yeah and a great writer and great producer and everything behind it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it can't just be you know, you know a film and then just throw it, it on the. It's, it's not a good cinema. film because it's playing in cinemas. Yeah, no, it's mean? just no. it's back in what early two thousands. You still had a, a ton of shit films that still played in theaters because there was no other platform for them to go to. Obviously, mm-hmm. have straight to DVD or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but it was still cheaper, I guess, for studios to put it on uh, to mm-hmm. theaters to try to reclaim the money back and then go to bargain bin to reclaim that money back further that's yeah. that's why DVD sales were driving force back in the early 2000s I think up, up until 2010 mm-hmm. when, when Netflix is keeping the industry alive exactly <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> when I mean 
Netflix remember Netflix was a uh, a DVD yeah. thing, wasn't it? You guys remember those? <laughs> where they were, out, yeah, 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 they were like Love Film, and that was one of them. Yeah, wasn't it? Amazon yeah. acquired that. Those, yeah. Guys. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. the Amazon. But you're right. Yeah. Netflix originally yeah. was yeah. a mail yeah. order. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> mail order. <laughs> yeah. Not that long ago as well. That's exactly, they, yeah, they, like they, ten years ago. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I got a little story on Netflix. So I remember when it first came out. I downloaded it for free for the month that you can get, and um, I found a film which a friend of mine had asked for, like asked to see. Um, but no one at the time it was literally I think it was like 2009 no one had heard of Netflix so I went to him and I actually said I literally said yeah it's on this website you won't have heard of it it's called Netflix <laughs> and, he, and he was like oh yeah yeah wrote it down and like no one no, literally no one batted an eyelid because no one had ever heard of this website yeah. there will be a first time you heard the word like Uber or Amazon yeah, yeah. Kind of well, I think it when, when we were at uni the Uber wasn't around yeah, I remember that's kind of nuts that, yeah. to think about yeah, but true. this isn't the Uber when I was not at uni <laughs> podcast um, yeah. bring it back to well I, I suppose on the on the Netflix thing mm. there isn't really a conclusion is there you see how you see how it plays out yeah. and as, as long as as long as Spielberg and Chazelle and Fincher and other people, I'm just rattling them off because they were in that ad, are, are yeah. making stuff that's motivating them and so. them making good so. content. I think, yeah. I think yeah. it, it would be a shame if studios feel the pressure to just basically make spectacle cinema now and therefore yeah. everything just becomes about you know the the bigger the VFX imagine yeah, that the Oscars all all the movies nominated like Marvel films yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. that's well, I mean it's you know Black Panther got a best picture nomination yeah. it goes back to Thunder Road though which was an interesting thing you yeah. were saying which was you know make make the films that studios can't make and yeah. I remember, yeah, yeah. remember you saying well the budget was 190 grand why not what, there's why nothing not for a studio yeah. <laughs> but as Dan has quietly, quite rightly pointed out it, it, it seems to come yeah. with lots of other gotta make a return and, yeah. Yeah. yeah whereas um, as we talk about this more and I'm sure we will in later yeah. apps is that there are more and more avenues of how to get a film made mm. Mm. it's not just yeah, having yeah. to go through a big studio it's not just having to do it on mm. you know well, with some friends it, it, it can be a number of different ways yeah. it feels like there's a like a resurgence or renaissance of, of these films those small films come back now because they're easier to make and the big studios won't make them so there's yeah. definitely an audience for them yeah. so easier the to publish as well yeah. Yeah, yeah, easier yeah. to distribute and especially like you know if there's their films that they have like maybe sensitive topics or some mm. stuff like that or then it gets the word out even further because studios are now afraid of those kind of films that alienate those yeah. films you know yeah. the shame though and we will stop talking about this in a sec but I think the, 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 sad, the sadness for me so so I I, I love theatre and um, one of the very few places that can replicate the experience of being in a theatre is a cinema Yeah, which is why things like NT Live work so well because actually oh, yeah, yeah. you get the same experience when you're when it's well filmed and you're kind of in that electric kind of environment you know where it's a sacred environment really and it would be a shame if the best films not necessarily like the highest spectacle high octane yeah. films but the yeah. best films didn't get shown in that environment like I saw Roma on my TV at home but yeah. I kind of wish I'd seen it in a cinema yeah, because yeah. I, saw it, I saw it in the cinema and I, the one thing that stood out the most seeing it in the cinema was the sound design Yeah, and a few people have said this to me before and I kind of thought yeah you know it's going to sound like any other movie and it, and it just didn't it's, it was incredible mm. there was actually a couple of scenes where um, no joke people in the cinema turned around mm. because they thought someone behind them was talking and it was actually just in the film <laughs> when they're walking down the street nice. and uh, I, I thought that was yeah that's good that was quite funny. I, I was going to, just to bring it back to Spielberg, I personally found it very interesting that he's not your classic writer-director. He's only written a yeah, handful true. of true. films. Very true. Um, I think he wrote Close Encounters, AI, um, obviously Amblin. Yeah. But so two, of the, two of the big spacey ones. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's 
I'm not I'm not saying he's a bad writer or anything. It's just that he he's clearly a busy guy. And that he's more interested in directing films than writing them. But yeah. I found that quite interesting quite because you look at again you go back to Nolan or Tarantino, these kind of I suppose like Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers. Yeah. Other people, big names. Yeah, yeah. Like it would be strange if someone else wrote a script that Nolan or Tarantino mm. directed. It was quite. I just thought that was quite an interesting. Thing. He's the big, one that, of I the mean, biggest directors of all time. Yeah. Look at Fincher. Look at Hitchcock. Hitchcock. I'm sure he did have input on scripts, but he wasn't a writer. He he would take on uh, other screenwriters' work. Mm. Fincher never had officially. Let's say he's he's never written a uh, thing he directed. Mm. Um, so you know, is Fincher. And, yeah. Wow. As equally Didn't as. Know that. As equally as you have that, you know that that extreme, you have the other yeah. extreme. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Th- those do exist, and they work just fine. Yeah, for some reason. I I wonder if it plays a role, like the age that you get your big break, because I think part of part of the the Spielberg story is that he was really young when he was becoming a really big name. Yeah, but it's also so, the seventies. Yeah, well, so he probably never had the pressure. So when we went to this Jim Cummings talk the other day, it was obviously, yeah. to, it, from his perspective, he was like, you know what, I just thought I'd do it. But it took him, you know, he was like 31 or something, but he was like, you know what, I can do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah having yeah, been yeah. stuck in a dead-end job for a while, or a job he didn't like. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Spielberg's making feature films at 25, he probably never had the pressure to kind of kick up the arse to be like, I'm going to write my own work and make it. Yeah. Yeah, true. I mean... I think also he ch- the projects he did, he just, he kind of nailed it and got yeah. that. Got yeah. that recognition. And by the yeah. time he made, by the time he made Amblin, he had made like fifteen or whatever short films. So you know he was he was into his craft, mm. and so Amblin does well. He gets a, it's get it gets seen by Universal people, and you know. So I think as, as we touched on earlier, he's a great example of that kid who had his camera and just m- yeah. just made stuff because yeah, yeah. that's what you've got to do to to, but also, to direct. Isn't the advantage it? is okay. Just because you mentioned Jim Cummings, <laughs> you got a kid from. <laughs> we, we literally, <laughs> so we've literally <laughs> mentioned him on every episode. <laughs> that well movie, which we're not sponsored by, by the way, <laughs> still not. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Need so, to reach out to them <laughs> in a minute. Um, so JC, he's from Louisiana, right? Yeah. Um, Spielberg grew up in a backyard of fucking Hollywood. Right. It's in the seventies. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the TV boom. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yes. So you have that. It's, uh, okay, I'm not sure if this is 100% true, but I've read this numer- <laughs> numerous times about Spielberg. Is that he faked a guy's name? He said he's like an executive, of, uh, he's a son of an executive. Right. On a lot, I think it might have been Warner's or some shit. And he just walked in, and that that was his first film. <laughs> in the 70s, they had no, they had no, they didn't know. So. So well, he, he just he did a Frank Durban and uh, yeah. catch me if you can. Yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> there you go. And I've read that numerous times. And Frank Abigail. Eventually he got caught and then yeah. he got offered a job there. So Amazing. take from that what you will. Yeah. But yeah. I've read that numerous times. That, that actually happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's believable. In the seventies, in, the 70s in, a, on a movie in LA, set. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. he was he was probably ripe for that kind of career. Anyways, mm. I was gonna make. Um, I'm not sure if anyone else came across this, but I, I thought this was quite incredible. Just before I mention it, I was looking at when Spielberg is at his absolute best. Like, when is he really good? And obviously, Louis is not going to be the one to answer this question because... <laughs> um, but what? Not not as- <laughs> <laughs> uh, E.T. Raiders, um, Ready Player One, those films that marry the kind of... Which I think Spielberg is kind of known for of like his trademark thing of taking a kind of kid's story and putting it adults and putting it adults and making those films that are universal that everyone can go and watch you know i think that's also down to a lot of his success is that he's not he doesn't make alienating films 
you know he, he makes alien films he makes alien films yeah you know those movies that he makes you're not are, wrong. All, are all inclusive yeah you're not wrong but just because you just mentioned those films immediately what popped in my head was John Williams the composer yeah John Williams he probably owes this half of his fortune to him he yeah. makes a big part he, he's, the, so he, the soundtracks are so um, yeah so John Williams is memorable. Spielberg's um, mm-hmm. like kind of go-to go did I mean, he do, he did the music for Star Wars yeah 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 He's, he's yeah he's probably the biggest one of the biggest, biggest composers, composers in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, he's got very recognisable sound in his yeah. films, and so, that's probably become synonymous with Spielberg. It's almost like he can repeat those those sounds. Yeah, I, I probably couldn't. <laughs> 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 I'm not gonna try it. But, but yeah, frequent collaborators like that, and um, Lennis Kaczynski, who is his DP on a lot of movies, yeah, who yeah, shot yeah. Saving Private Ryan. I mean, again, Saving Private Ryan's got such a unique look to it. Yeah, down to him. True. So he he. He, and I think Spielberg would be one, is one to say this, is that your your films are only as good as your collaborators. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Makes sense. He's a big one on the kind of, on the film set thing. But the, the point that I was getting to was um he he's achieved one of the big one-twos of like any director ever, which was I think he made Schindler's List and Jurassic Park very close to each oh, other. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he was kind of almost making them at the same at time. At the same time. And they actually came out at, within a month or two of each other and they both cleaned up at oh, the yeah. Oscars in different weirdly in different so ways because Jurassic Park was like te- technological <laughs> weird. and uh, um, there's a big thing I read with him where he's basically saying um, I won't go into, into a huge amount of detail but he uh, the, this kind of situation happened where he really wanted to do Schindler's List but he he didn't know if he could do it because a lot of his films had been these kind of family mm. adventure things yeah. he didn't know if he had the he was that kind of director to bring the gravitas for that story Um and at the same time, he's kind of pursuing this Jurassic Park thing, which is obviously quite a like Spielberg film. Yeah. But um, he was basically saying it was it not. I mean, that must must have been such a busy time of his life to be doing those two films. But he was saying when he was shooting Schindler's List in in Krakow, I think, in Poland, and, and around um, in the parts where it actually happened, he would be having to, you know, be on the set of recreating this kind of. Tragic story. Um, to, yeah, tragic story. And then he would have have to be flying home or going on a kind of satellite uplink thing and reviewing CGI dinosaurs. Jesus, yeah. And he was basically saying that, in a way, it made him kind of dislike the movie industry for that period because it's like yeah. he's having to invest all this emotion in the Schindler's List story. But it's inherently uh, fairly shallow. Like, you have to kind of keep it quite superficial. Uh, well, that, yeah. I mean, but it's, I suppose then he's just having to do this different story of, yeah. um, of, yeah. of basically just being like, how would a Stegosaurus stand up? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, which, I, mean, I mean, it's, it's like it's, there's always, there's always going to be that um, question of when is it too soon or when is it just never even appropriate to kind of revisit those, kind those of stories piece of entertaining thing because yeah, he didn't he like, didn't take a single no. penny from their profit did well, he well yeah so how long after 9-11 was the first film fucking green grass made it in a second yeah really well, United 93 United 93 exactly and that a was what years like, two years after yeah. Yeah. yeah and that, that had yeah. a lot of controversy about kind of you know can you too make soon a, did you band of brothers yeah, was yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. produced that with Tom that's, that's epic that's, that's really good yeah. that is really good but this is what I mean about Spielberg is you kind of look at one thing and then you're like did he also do that other thing yeah, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like how has uh, this man slept in the last like 50 years but honestly now I now I kind of understand the story better if I ever say that I'm busy again I'm going to be like am I making Schindler's List and Jurassic Park in the same year no so just quickly to tie that up is that both films are pretty good pretty good so you know to (laughs) to to nail both of them with such different tones I think is is just a testament to really he's one of the all time greatest so question time 
We have a question yep. that's come in. And it's from Scott. Shout out, Scott. Hey, Scott. So Scott has asked, there were complaints about the film's poltergeist and Indiana Tem- and uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom being PG. So Spielberg came up with the PG-13 idea. Is this the best example of manipulating the rules to maintain director in- integrity? Hell yeah, baby. Didn't know he did that. Yeah, so that, um, yeah. basically there used to be PG and then just like if you're over 18. Yeah. And there was this, I think, through um, Indiana Jones and, and Poltergeist <laughs> and, and Temple of Doom, it was like they, they were kind of blurring the line. So Spielberg suggested PG-13. That's such power. I love it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> power Just of the Spielberg side. Yeah. So wait, is, is PG-13, is that separate to PG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, guess it's like 12 so I've never seen PG, it's an American thing. I've yeah. never seen PG-13. I think it's over here, PG-13. Oh, yeah. I thought it goes PG and then 12. I thought it was PG-12, 15, 18. Me being like a 90s yeah. kid. Like, so it's PG, <laughs> parental guidance, parental guidance 12A, admission yeah. 12, admission 12A. I remember it. when that got brought in, 12A. 12A, yeah. Is 15 still a thing? 15 is still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. 18. Really? Yeah. 18. Yeah. I, is it still... I, I remember when 12A came in and I was very excited because before that it was 12 <laughs> and I wasn't allowed in if you were like 10. But if... Yeah. yeah. 12A is not the, the equivalent, I think, of a PG-13. Where yeah. you can come in with your parents, any age right? but your parents. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. an 18-year-old or something. Oh, I can't remember. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I just snuck into movies. So anyway, going back to the question, is it is it the, yeah. the best example of a director manipulating the rules? To yeah. maintain director and integrity. Yo, I ain't cutting this. Invent a new fucking age rating. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah. To be yeah. honest, I don't know another example um, of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean... Even I mean, it- I suppose another example, I don't want to, not going back into this, but it is kind of being like, well, if you won't make my film, maybe Netflix will. You know, yeah. going over to yeah, Netflix yeah. and kind of create, was, taking integrity. Or film length, you know, like the... Um, uh, the, there was a kind of obviously I guess it's never like a set rule but there's always going to be a kind of studio pressure to keep things at certain lengths because yeah. Hitchcock had to cut around it Psycho he had to cut around it around right. around, around the, age. the blood and stuff yeah. I think you couldn't even show back then you couldn't even show like a toilet flush Right. I heard about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you weren't allowed to show toilet flush in film because yeah. it was it was deemed as being <laughs> too <laughs> gross. Yeah. One, one yeah. thing that one, <laughs> and then all the directors come together and just keep filming toilets flushing. <laughs> one, one thing that's interesting, which I always noticed, like obviously it was, it was my favorite film or by Spielberg, but um, Indiana Jones are kind of family friendly films. There's a bit of like kind of light violence and stuff, but there's not really any swearing. But yeah. in the Temple of Doom, there is one swear word. He does say shit. Oh really? And, yeah. Like, it's, it's a PG, and I was like, well, maybe. Maybe you're allowed one mm, yeah. with a PG. Right. Um, I don't know. It doesn't really answer any questions, but it's like... Yeah, the Americans yeah. have... I mean, this is true of books and everything as well. Like, the Americans have very strange censorship kind of criteria where violence is kind of fine, right? But swearing and sex are completely they, off. They, they, don't mind, they don't mind saying the word bitch. They're always like, you son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> you son that, of a bitch. That's kind of allowed. It's like an allowed word, yeah. but then like... <laughs> bending the rules well I suppose okay so there's another one which I suppose is always like kind of government censorship or in the case of China maybe not so much censorship but kind of um, appealing to the government in order to kind of be allowed to release their film there a good, a good friend of mine is a producer out in LA and produced like the Godzilla thing so for legendary hmm. and um, and he was telling me about so so the Chinese government sort of allow a very small number of Hollywood films every year for general release in China. I think it's two or three. Um, and they kind of select which films based on all sorts of criteria. But a lot of them are to do with kind of 
you know, does it represent China in a nice way? Does it have a Chinese star in it? Things oh, like interesting. that. Yeah, so that, directors have to. Yeah, I think because that that's where pays. the money is. Ave- yeah, because Avengers came out, I'm sure, in China. As in, it's such a big market that yeah, if you go out to it, you, you make... It's you almost make... as big as the States. So financially, you're pressured to, to obviously go out there and to to do it. It's like directorial vision or not. You've got to you've got to suit certain criteria to be allowed to release it there. Well, you mentioned Indiana Jones. Which Indiana Jones is it when Harrison Ford... Um, uh, just gets his shoots. gun out and shoots the guy oh, uh, instead of having the big sword off. I think it might be the Last Crusade, so the third one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it might be that one. Right. Yeah. Um, interesting, real interesting piece of trivia about that scene. That whole scene was meant to be, and I know you, you haven't seen this. Essentially, what it is is, and <laughs> cover your, cover your ears. Spoiler. So essentially, there's like he. I think he's in Africa. There's a there's a big crowd, and some guy comes out with a sword yeah. and kind of faces off Indy. And like initially, what actually meant to happen was was there was going to be this big sword fight that Spielberg had had was going to create. Mm. Um, but apparently, Harrison Ford on the day had like or the night before had eaten something quite dodgy and actually was was quite like sweaty and visibly like quite ill. It's just not, not so. Good in the scene yeah. what actually happened he basically just played into it as in so he kind of played into the fact he wasn't feeling that great for filming that day so in the scene he, Indy comes out and this crowd comes around and it's like ooh and this guy does or, like a, ba- a backflip into the like whips into the circle his, yeah, whips yeah. his sword around doing yeah. all these moves he does all these moves and then Indy just pulls his gun out and just shoots him <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, Harrison Ford couldn't do okay I feel like I've seen that you probably see that that is yeah. a brilliant so written he, but it's, I just love how it came yeah, from the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. Indy basically had the shits <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other example I can think of is it literally is Nolan in Interstellar when all the music was really loud in the film <laughs> that he turned up the music and everyone was complaining that you couldn't hear the dialogue it was and basically quiet. yeah they said there was something wrong with the cinema and he was just basically like no that's how you meant to watch the film like that's how it is and I, <laughs> so there was actually some signs out of screenings being like yeah. if the music is loud and drowning other things out don't worry it's not us it's part of the film <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so he obviously wanted people to yeah. view it in that way you've got to so break some rules if you're gonna do it gonna change your game yeah um Okay, so I feel like we maybe uh, we we gave that we gave that yeah. a little stag. Um, I had quite an interesting list of almost movies that Spielberg was was almost did. So he he very almost did a Bond movie twice, but there's two different reasons why he didn't. I know it's not specified which Bond he would have done. Okay, yeah. but he he was very interested in doing one when he was a young director. And the is it Albert Broccoli or Barbara Broccoli Barbara. the the Barbara would be of, the young dead daughter. Yeah, yeah. she um. It was basically like, you're too young. You don't have enough experience. And when he became really big, they came over to him. Yeah. Um, but they were like... Well, oh, now, now you, you want... No, no, no. It was like, well, now you're too expensive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can't win. So, yeah. So, so, but he's expressed interest in wanting to do one, which, but I think that's why maybe... Because in, Indiana Jones was George Lucas's character, wasn't it? Yeah. It was he came, yeah, yeah, yeah. he came up with yeah, yeah. indie Didn't and it was Spielberg who obviously made it but I think it was maybe America's answer to to Bond a little bit kind of I suppose but just just real quick you say uh, he was too inexperienced right they gave the fucking property to Kerry Fukunaga who did True Detective and Maniac which was seen by two people maybe but I mean this might have come out he might have done it when he was like twenty five mm. you know. Weird. I mean, Carrie Fukunaga has done more than that. He's yeah, did, did true to date. It's true to date. Funny one though. So, I mean, yeah. so Bond is is Bond really like a good thing for your career? Either either as a director or, or as an actor, it's, it comes so Seth heavily ben loaded. Forrester. With Forrester. Forrester. Why? Forrester. He did Quantum of Solace, mm. and then when he did Zombie uh, Zombie Land, no, uh, World War Z, he was very look. 
looked at with a magnifying glass. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Sam Mendes has found some success in, obviously, Skyfall, yeah. which is Lord as one being the best Bonds. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you can you can make a success of it, but it's like, you know, if it's a sort of choice between that or some original work, I can, I can see why you would yeah. steer away from it. And I think... I Danny think, Boyle almost was going to do the yeah, movie, wasn't he? Yeah, and backed yeah. out because of creative differences. That's the thing. I, I feel you have to, like... A, it seems like you have to obey certain kind of yeah. rules by doing a bond. So yeah. it just depends on whether you yeah. yeah want to play the game. Really don't want to bring it back to Nolan, but you have to. Man. He's interested in doing a bond, and I think that would be very interesting to mm. witness to see if after that. Well, he's got yeah. he's got a legacy now of re- redoing an entire sort of franchise, right? Yeah. So by reimagining Batman the way he did, which which is sort of what he's best known yeah. for now. Just moving on, I, he, and weirdly, actually, back, <laughs> I keep going back to Nolan, but uh, he was, Spielberg was meant to, was attached to Interstellar for a long time, right. yeah. which he was meant to direct, I and mean, then obviously he came over then to... then he brought on jo- Jonathan Nolan first yeah. to do some rewrites, and he just abandoned the whole thing, which is why, uh, so Nolan's films are always, pretty much purely always um, Warner Bros. pictures, whereas this one was shared between uh, Paramount. Ah, fine. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I mean, that was jarring for me because I was like, oh, shit, he, what happened um, to his relationship yeah, with yeah, Warners? Yeah. Um, because that's kind of sacred, I suppose. I think, uh, has, has everyone seen American Ex- American Sniper? No. Bradley Wee. Spielberg was Wee. attached, was, was very close to doing that and I think Makes Clint, sense. Clint took I've over. I've seen the, ba- the rubbish baby. <laughs> like fake, oh, rubbish the, fake baby. Like, literally, like a five, <laughs> five a plastic pound doll. plastic doll. Have you seen it? No. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's famous for for it's, really bad. Like uh, uh, you know how in in a in a film it's usually like a kind a of real very lifelike oh, doll. Know? Right, okay, this but one was basically like a plastic. <laughs> and Brad, and Bradley Cooper. <laughs> you can tell it's like kind of cradling this thing with his hand like sticking yeah. out. Yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. It, so it is funny. actually a really good film. Yeah, I should watch it. Well worth a watch. Yeah, no, it, it it's good. I mean, it did really well for Clint Eastwood. Um, I think. it Oh yeah, and Bradley Cooper. I forget his yeah. that was that was quite yeah, a big, it's a Clint Eastwood film. Big thing for him. Mm. Um, what else is Spielberg going on to do in the future? His his newest film that's going to come out is West Side Story. That's, that, that'd be a remake. There's a remake, yeah. yeah. Um, oh. Nostalgic. Truth playing into that, yeah. or just out of ideas. He hasn't Maybe. done much. He's like romance <laughs> stuff, has he? Before is that like, that's, that's how um, he always. Yeah, always. Which yeah. didn't fare well for him. Amblin, which is maybe a romantic. Yeah, also nah, well, I guess my side um, story isn't—it's not just romance. Is yeah, it? come it's on, a, it's, it's like a, a yeah, classic yeah. Romeo and Juliet type yeah, thing. Exactly. He's also doing a new Band of Brothers miniseries. I yeah. did not know that, and that's yeah. amazing. That's cool. But One of my favourite. I think what Sparrow said at the start is just so true. Like nostalgia is is his is his thing. Yeah, let's go back yeah, and revisit right. things. Move on, dude. <laughs> yeah, you haven't you haven't found a career out of doing this, all right? So just move on. Um, um, one, one more little um, yeah. little fact with um with Duel and links to Jaws. Mm. You know when um, you know when the shark dies at the end, there's this massive like groan. Dinosaur sound. And at the end of Jaws. Yeah. It's the same groan sound that was used when the lorry goes off the cliff. <laughs> oh, so it's right. the same sound. Oh wow. He used okay. it Oh my god, guys! The truck is the shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's for the same reason because it just attacked for no reason. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, he, he chose to do danger. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. It was just like shit. No, what no sound and actually, supposedly on Jaws, the the shark that they created, animatronic shark, yeah. I think yeah. it would be called, we... was meant to work a lot more than it did. Right. Yeah. And it actually ended up breaking down a lot, which meant that they couldn't do a lot of the big scenes with it. Which meant it became this more ominous 
thing that wasn't quite there and he basically said the reason why the film was worked and was successful was because it broke down so much they couldn't show it as much but mm. what that meant was the audience filled in that gap of like what is it yeah imagination felt so like it would date so quickly yeah it? but it's quite interesting to think like on a you know on a shoot if something keeps failing that's yeah you know, most people would lose their mind but for into that, it yeah. yeah yeah in Jaws they, they shot it out in the um either a sea or in a in actual natural water mm. and uh, I think in hindsight he said uh, it would have been better if he did it in a studio in a, in a controlled tank yeah. I suppose oh right he, yeah. he literally said he thought it'd be more authentic to do it out in the, in the sea but basically yeah. the, there was like three boats God, and every time they set up a must... shot they, they kind of blow apart and it was just well, they, uh, well. they, they famously obviously ran out of money and he just kept <laughs> when he tried to get more money from the producers he just kept sh- shooting the cameras with no film <laughs> just to pretend that he's shooting the film oh really so like everything's as normal yeah yeah everything's as normal but obviously there's no Not there's no film the in a can and you're like oh yeah we'll give you some more money <laughs> he so probably gumption just, on that guy he, he just dangled them over some water and was like I get my little friend to get a, get a visit from the fishers <laughs> everything's one take <laughs> yeah cool well I think yeah, Jules an interesting one to go back to. I mean, his career is obviously wide spanning. We yeah. can go into much more detail, but yeah, he's definitely. Uh, I'm. I'm. In, I'm I personally, I'm interested to see where Wait. what he's doing next because yeah, I mean, he's still yeah, he's yeah. 72, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, so. and he's still making movies. I guess Man. like Clint Eastwood is like almost Man. 90, and he's like still <laughs> directing. So 50 years of yeah, Jules was 48 years ago. Yeah. Just, oh. Jewel 2 in 2019 Avenge the Fallen <laughs> that is mad to think just you mentioned his age um, so his film The Post right yeah that was the one with Woody Woody exactly yeah. <laughs> that was uh, so they acquired what's a, this headline all about <laughs> the script was acquired real over like an over in a the night post. overnight in the post sorry I've stopped joking <laughs> basically that, that film <laughs> really a serious point. got churned out in, in, in a year so basically the whole thing was within a year wow that's, that's fast. Incredibly fast. Yeah. I mean, most movies, it's like two years, isn't it? Yeah, from most production years. production to release. This was released in, I think, November or December. So what you're saying is the post had quite a short post on it. It's more like an email. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in post for that long. There's a sneak in my editing room. Have you seen the film or not? I haven't seen the post, no. Jesus, watch the film. Yeah, it's in the post. So have some respect. It's in the post, so I can't see it. Have some fucking respect, boy. Um, Who here is... Seen ET? I I've seen ET. Seen bits of it. You haven't seen ET? Have you seen that? Yeah. No, I think I'm probably the only one who hasn't seen it. It's wow. in, I know it's, it. it's like a. I'd say it's almost arguably. Oh, I love there's, how Jaws. You, there's Jaws, but that's one yeah. one of the massive nostalgic classics. I love how you come out with this just as we're about to move off Spielberg. <laughs> Louis just laid all his cards on the table. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Louis could have come in and been like, "Has anyone seen War Horse?" <laughs> no. No one's seen Wars. <laughs> was War Horse good? I mean, you're the only authority um, we have on it. I mean, yeah, it's all right. Is it, what's the story? It's a uh, horse it's that survives the world. World War. Apparently, it's like, so in the First World War, before the First World War, well, before the First World War, the cavalry was still kind of like a big part of the military. So in the First World War, horses actually played quite a big role in the British Army until obviously they got kind of mowed down by machine guns. So the the story, if I remember it, horse. is about a bulletproof horse. Yeah, 
<laughs> who can fly and like wins the war. No, it's it's <laughs> single-handedly. <laughs> it's about it's about this guy who who like works. He, he lives in, on a farm. Gets brought on a, on a farm, and the kind of the workhorse is this is like his best friend, and right. they go to war together basically. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sounds a bit Spielberg. Like I can see why he would pick that story up. But yeah, but it was a huge, huge play before it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. huge novel before it was the play national, as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Michael Mompergo. So I, don't know, I think it was a short story before idea. that with a guy driving home and a horse was <laughs> chasing a horse, him. A horse was chasing him. He then he befriends it instead of killing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that story sounds very sim- similar to. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone's seen. Um, Thun- that Thunder Road. Thunder Road. Yeah. <laughs> JC, what's up? How you doing? Ben Stiller's film Thunder. Um, Thunder. Oh, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Simple Jack Great in movie. that. Oh, with the horse. It sounds a lot like a horse. It's nothing like that. Okay. We've managed to talk about Duel longer than Duel itself. It's true. Should we move on to our short of the week? Which isn't really a short because it's it's 20 minutes long. With Her Majesty... Oh yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. She, the is Duchess she of now? what is it? Not Cambridge. What is she? Is she the Duchess of Sussex? I can't. Whatever. Oh, I think Sussex. Sussex. That's not. The God, best I hope we're not, be... not bitching that. Jewel two, Avengers <laughs> Fallen. Um, the short this week is called "The Candidate." Candidate by David Carlack. Um, it is like six or seven years old. This short. Um, it is. It's a twenty-minute-long short. David Carlack's done a couple of things. Since then, he did Rise, which was another short. He's done special effects for... What's that film? Collector? Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, is that why he's credited? Yeah. Because I was confused. So, yeah, he's not... He's not. It's strange. I, I personally really enjoyed this. I think everyone else did. Um, yeah. It's strange that someone who made this has not gone on to make a feature because it's just so... Yeah, it's so, so epic. Well done. Yeah. So the synopsis of it, basically, off the top of my head, is there's a, a guy who works his office job... Um, who isn't? Uh, who's kind of losing out his credibility to this other coworker yeah. who seems to be yeah, getting yeah. all the attention by the boss, and he kind of wishes on it this guy that that he'll kind of get hit by a car or something outside work or just and, be yeah just be fired basically yeah. yeah yeah and um and I suppose in some way his wish kind of gets answered in the form of this strange guy that visits him keeps trying to get in contact with him saying that he has a, a kind of reason. For them to chat, oh yeah, I don't like, want to give too much away. Yeah, um, I think I think we have. We're gonna have to, yeah. Okay, so basically, <laughs> spoilers get, ahead. He spoilers ahead. <laughs> the Candidate is an is an awesome film, so go and watch it, and then come back and listen to this. But yeah, hey, he, welcome back. Hey, <laughs> 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 welcome back to the intermission. So he uh, he yeah he this guy comes and visits him and delivers some news, which is uh, quite shocking, basically. That's not very spoilerish, but well done. Yeah. Um, either yeah. way, um, imagine I suppose. A Justman Bureau with um, Notebook. No, mm. not... Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they have this amazing kiss. <laughs> and then they went through a door that went to another place. <laughs> Fuck, I meant Death Note. Death Note. <laughs> <laughs> I love that was it. funny. Ryan um, Gosling walks in. <laughs> topless. Sparrow, did you uh, did you see the the twist for this film coming? Because I I I'm gonna just put my hand up. I didn't I didn't see the twist coming. No, I didn't see the twist coming until it was dropped. Well, there's a bit partway through the film where he mentions. Didn't see the twist coming until the twist was revealed. <laughs> no, so the, <laughs> so the, the, twi- the twist is, the way I see it is that he's the guy who's going to be killed. Yeah. Um. There's a bit, but a couple of minutes before where they mention 
you know, you have to, the person who's going to be killed you have to tell um, has, has to know. And when that was mentioned, I clocked, I mean, you, I don't know if you did as well, that he was going to be... The one. In, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we should probably just explain what the what the story is because yeah. we're giving it away bit by bit. Okay. So, so basically what the guy says is that he's part of a secret society all around the country where they basically all wish death on someone. And they tell that someone that they're wishing death. They don't, they're not violent. They don't actually do anything. They just wish it and tell that person they're wishing it. And then without fail, within a few weeks, that person is dead. And it's obviously down to some sort of psychological principle that if you know that about a thousand people are wishing you dead, you'll You'll have a heart attack or you'll get run over because you're just sort of like waiting for it to happen. Yeah. Um, And then the twist at the end is that this guy thinks that he's being asked to join the society so that he can get rid of his enemies. But actually he's the victim. Yeah, I thought it was really. Um, I thought it was really well made, and also gets really entertaining. There's a bit at the end or near the end where he's like, "Of course, it comes for a small fee," and he's like fifty dollars, and then and the guy's like, um, "He's he's taken aback that it's not actually that much to to pay." Yeah. Um, and then and then the guy who's selling is like, oh, "You know, even we have to cover expenses." <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the letterhead. Yeah. Yeah. Have you not seen the letterhead? <laughs> You've seen it yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. We should mention the the. Royal connection. Meghan Markle plays the receptionist, which he kind of. I mean, I, after this, I was like, "Did you need that scene?" I suppose it just showed a bit of humanity. Mm. There wasn't really. Oh, well, it just connected the the letter to him to actually him reading reading it. Yeah, yeah I suppose she so. passes him a letter. They I mean, have a slight conversation. I thought I thought she was quite good in the small interaction they had. It's a similar role as well. She's a paralegal in that law firm. Well, uh, as far as I remember. And also the I guy that like comes and visits him, I, I recognise him from. Um, it's been somewhere, yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel Good like he actually in is in Definitely. the adjustment bureau. I'm not even kidding. I feel like really? he may well be. Yeah, um, yeah, he is. He's a brilliant actor. Yeah, but there were a couple All of, of them. a couple of lines that he he kind of teased it quite a lot. Yeah, like in the scene where they're in the corridor and he's like, "It would be in our favour if we had this chat somewhere <laughs> oh, behind yeah, yeah, a door, yeah. <laughs> behind a door." And then he kind of yeah. mentions something else and he's like, "We get it. You want to yeah, talk yeah. private." <laughs> Well, before oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, the the twist the twist was clever because it also felt a bit like so up to that point I thought it was going to be a kind of Faustian thing you know like a deal with the devil oh yeah because so, yeah. he has this classic you know the devil always gets shown as like a salesman who's kind of like Sle- sleazy salesman yeah, 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 yeah and he's talking about death to his enemies and he's like, and you don't gotta do anything you just <laughs> gotta you know yeah it's like yeah. really like inviting in um and that's definitely how it kind of comes across for like four, you know, three quarters of the film. Yep, absolutely. That sudden twist at the end is, yeah, is I agree, is 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 very hard to foresee. One of the bits I really liked is the main guy, um, the guy he wants to kind of get killed, is this kind of doofus guy who he sees he sees as kind of rising up in the business. And he's a bit um, inept, because he's obviously really, inept. Though. Yeah, but he isn't really through his own merit. So he's who he, <laughs> the main guy wants the inept guy in inverted commas to kind of be killed off. Yep. And at the end the quote-unquote inept guy like gives him this like knowing look yeah, as in, like, as in he, he's in on it he's not that stupid <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a really good that was a nice twist yeah. I, yeah. I love how that was revealed in I thought the credits were so well well done yeah. you know, it kind of kept cutting to the names yeah, yeah, and then yeah, cutting yeah. back to this escalating scenario where he realised it reminded me of um, movies from like early ni- late 90s early 2000s yeah. Yeah. it had that vibe yeah it's got a 90s uh, it's American Psycho basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> also one of like this, a cor- corporate sound. culture yeah. with yeah. weird oh gold crested yeah. <laughs> business card the whole <laughs> corporate culture was uh, was done well through cinematography I thought mm. because it's just like it was mo- mostly blue mm. 
tint to it. It's really cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I thought that was really cool. They're really just generally high production value. Very it was, high. And yeah. It's 20 really minutes long. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Little, it's quite a long the sound to, The sound to it was great. Yeah. God, the music was fucking was phenomenal. Yeah. I thought that, that mm. really made it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I love when he's chatting to the salesman that uh, realisation and the camera actually crosses over the a kind of 180 rule right like it goes to the oh yeah it goes to the other side of him to suggest that there's been like a change in power yeah did you watch this off uh, of the f- five camera moves by cinema something on youtube i don't think so um, i kind of just came up with it myself <laughs> no uh it's uh yeah i mean it's one of those classic things isn't it it's where you can yeah. you cross the line and it shows that mm. a, an exchange of information or a power switch has happened right that's where that that's where i actually saw this short film first fine yeah oh, interesting f- uh, five five interesting character things that that because it really crosses over in it and you realise yeah. oh, that on, you this, shouldn't yeah this yeah, other yeah, guy yeah. is actually in the position of power you you think you've it's got a, yeah. a kind of thing over it one of my favourite bits was he was like chatting to that other random third colleague um, and oh, they were just nattering over, over was it him it was the, like, the, they, they were like nattering over lunch and then, and then yeah, he sort of puts his coffee down and he's like oh isn't it funny if you look like at this coffee from yeah. the top it's like a smoking gun and then yeah. the camera just sort of shows yeah, it yeah, and it goes bang it's <laughs> like subtle yeah <laughs> but it's quite it, you could do that yeah, in a, you could act that in a number of ways that was over the top yeah yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah you're you in could, his like mind of, yeah he, yeah, was, it, he, he looks a little bit like i can't remember his name the guy from um uh really house of cards arrested development you know the really funny the guy like magic guy Oh, oh yeah. Joe! Yeah. The Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, like him. Oh, I forgot oh about that. I forgot about that smoking gum bit. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, really good short. Really good. Yeah. And Meghan Markle. I mean, yeah. What can't she do? Yeah, she's alright. <laughs> Solid short. Cool. Cool. So that is Jewel. That is the candidate. That is a 50 the years. And who's on the next podcast? So um, our next film is Jeune Femme. Uh, we're going to be bringing on a very special person, which we'll reveal in the next episode. And that is a yeah French film by a female, uh, our first female filmmaker. And uh, yeah, that'll be up after this. So yeah, that's Spielberg. We're all going to get on our bikes and fly off past the moon oh my god it's from E.T. the only two people that I'm talking to have not really seen E.T. help me out Ben <laughs> oh shit yeah no no yeah dude. I don't know um, what's I, E.T. I, short for guys because he's got little legs home oh. <laughs> easy, easy target you know easy, easy you know, target you know what you shoot him out the sky you know what my response to that is bang <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a smoking gun um, cool okay so it's goodbye from me it's goodbye from Ben Ass. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Goodbye from Sparrow. Ciao. Goodbye from Louis. Bang. Thanks for staying with us for Bang. almost two hours. In fact, no. Thanks for staying with us for definitely over the length of Jewel. Yeah, that's for sure. Yep. Um, and we'll see you on the next episode of You Never Forget Your First. Tiddly. Bye. Thanks.